0: in the world of hollywood movies get greenlit and redlit they get remade and rebooted but we are the ideal i'm sam gash and you are listening to ideal remake
1: it's podcast in time miserable yeah
0: i i warned harry that that was about to happen You didn't warn me enough. I didn't warn you enough?
1: Yeah. That's the best you could do.
0: The other option was, podcast on!
1: I feel like... Neither are good. I know I'm on the spot here, but there's... You spend some time with that. It's gotta be...
0: I I thought about it for a solid 10 to 15 seconds. (laughs) That was the best I could (laughs) do.
1: Okay. Well, I don't have an alternative, so let's
0: just roll with it. It's podcasting time. (laughs) It's podcasting time. Yeah. Okay. So, we're talking about Fantastic Four. Yeah, we are. And we is me, Sam Gash, and Harry Valentine. Yeah. Thank you for coming in, Harry.
1: Of course, man. I love Fantastic Four. I want everyone to love Fantastic Four as much as I love Fantastic Four.
0: Well, in order for us to love Fantastic Four as much as you do, first we have to know a little bit about you. Why don't you talk a little bit about yourself? Oh, I
1: wasn't prepared for this part. I was only prepared to talk about Fantastic Four.:
0: Yeah, so I am um, my name's Harry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Valentine. Good start. I'm writer and an actor, and do a lot of improv. I read uh, a fair amount of Comics. I learned. Have you much. always
0: been a comic book reader?
1: Uh, yeah, well so that's what you know, I almost said this with the Stanley stuff. I almost made like a Facebook post, but then it felt weirdly about me. But like, <laughs> when Stanley died, what I wanted to write was that it's because of his comics. Like my parents taught me to read. Fantastic Four and Daredevil and the Hulk taught me to love to read.
0: Oh. Like that was when I was So you've in been a comic book reader since you were a small child.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like as as I was reading, probably I started like flipping through not knowing all the words mm-hmm. I was reading when I was younger than kindergarten and then um but really like me loving to read came from How exciting comic books were to me as a kid Like they were like a treat If I was sick or or like as a kid I'd get special treatment I'd get a soda and a comic book or something I mean that's adorable Yeah, no, it was super cute
0: And it's, but for some reason in my head It's always like comic books are like An older brother got you into it Or you're, but were you the older brother That got younger siblings into it? So I'm,
1: I'm the youngest of three brothers But what really happened is I liked them You know, when we were younger They were still at grocery stores So Mm -hmm. you could like kind of pick them up casually I got really into comics in in a collecting kind of way. When my dad turned, like, late 40s, he had, his midlife crisis was collecting comic books.
0: That's an amazing midlife crisis. And he
1: had three boys, and we would go to the flea market, uh, j j Flea Market in Georgia, and we would pick up comics. There was, like, a comic shop run by this, these guys, John and Gerald, and they would sell, like, if you wanted to buy comic books, it was, you know, like, like sorted ones, numbered ones that would fit well in your collection, um it would be a few dollars, but if you they had like bulk boxes you could sift through and get fifteen cent comics, so I would bring home stacks and stacks of comic books yeah. and that was that was when I started to really just be kind of surrounded by them
0: I mean that's kind of amazing. What a great midlife crisis <laughs> yeah, no, it worked out for me, yeah, thought it wasn't say. like a
1: motorcycle or.
0: I mean, my dad's midlife crisis is taking me whitewater rafting and ziplining, so I certainly don't mind.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, that's working out for all of us.
0: I never really got into, like, comic book comics. When I was a kid, I read comics, but, like, newspaper comics. So I had Calvin and Hobbes collections, like Foxtrot, Garfield, mm-hmm. books and books of those, and yeah. those were the comics I read. Weirdly enough, my sister was more into comics, because she had a bunch of, like, Archie books.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah.
0: And so I would read those as well, because mm-hmm. when she was done, I would read them. But I... Never really got into comic books until college, and when the Watchmen movie came out, I was like, I can't go see this movie until I read the comic book first. Sure, smart. And I remember one of the bookstores on campus was selling it, mm-hmm. so I just bought it and like sat down to read it. Well, it's hard to sit down and just to read Watchmen, but in general, yeah. And then I was like, all right, well, I got to read Watchmen, I got to read Sandman, and it turns out the school library. Had Sandman, libraries like all are of it.
1: Great for comics. Oh
0: yeah, it's amazing. Like libraries in LA will have like the big bound copies of it. Oh, yeah. And then after that, it was just uh, my friend Claire would be like, mm-hmm. "Okay, th- you liked that? Read these." Oh cool. And she's always been you kind had of like, a
1: "Guide." It's so good to have a guide. Oh
0: man, that was so important for me. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I read Red Sun because of that. Oh, nice. I read the one where it's in the future and Superman comes back because this other like hegemon killed the Joker.
1: No, I don't know. I don't know. I, I never. I. It's Justice League. Something. I have really minimal DC involvement.
0: You've always been a Marvel guy.
1: More a Marvel guy. I mean, I. Green Lantern was one of my like major comics growing up, and I always liked Batman the character, but more in the movies and the animated series. Mm-hmm. But I didn't like earnestly dig into
0: Superman comics until like two years ago. That's fair. Um, this- have you gone back and read like? Red Sun, which is kind of like the one that everyone says is, this is the best one. Yeah, you know, I haven't.
1: I haven't. Um, I've read, like, John Byrne does a really good run I've read. um, And uh, Grant Morrison did a really good run I read. But mostly, I mean, and this is kind of, this will circle back, well, this will matter really directly to Fantastic Four, is there is a pretty stark difference between the types of stories type of superheroes you get from Marvel and DC. Absolutely. And that pattern was set with Fantastic 4.
0: So, when you were growing up, was Fantastic 4 one of the comics that you would go looking for in the 15 that was cent boxes? The comic. It was the comic. Yeah. So, is Fantastic, it was Fantastic So, you were one. really only reading Fantastic 4 or so you were also reading Fantastic Spider-Man? Fantastic 4
1: was like so like when before my dad had his comic book influence, we each, my brothers and I each had like our titles, like or like if you go to the grocery store, Sure. And you see a new Superman comic, he picked up. What are your brother's names? My brother Sam, my brother Tommy.
0: Okay, so Sam would buy X-Men, Tommy would buy Spider-Man, yeah. you would buy Fantastic Four, something like that?
1: Sam would buy Superman, Tommy would buy Spider-Man, and I would get Fantastic Four. Okay. That, that was the setup. Once I started reading more, Green Lantern, Hulk, Daredevil, those started to enter. Enter, But, like, Fantastic Four was the primary, and it kind of always has been. I've left it, I've come back to it, but it's the...
0: And so the reason the why you wanted to talk about Fantastic Four today is because there's never been a good Fantastic Four movie.
1: They've never nailed it. The closest they came was The Incredibles.
0: That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Really, The Incredibles? Did you see Incredibles too? I haven't, no. I recommend it. It's yeah. super fun and delightful. Oh, that's good. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they've gotten close. They've, like, with the other movies, they've often had all the ingredients to make a good movie mm-hmm. and just haven't been able to nail it. And I have a... F- Few reasons why, but it's they've they're they're an overwhelming number of reasons. Well,
0: <laughs> we specifically, we when we were sitting down to, to kind of create the idea for this podcast, I mm-hmm. said which Fantastic Four movie should I watch, and you suggested Silver Surfer,
2: yeah,
1: Fantastic so Four not, to the Rise of the Silver Surfer.
0: Not shirt. even the origin story for Fantastic Four, just the sequel, which I remember enjoying more than I enjoyed the first one.
1: Yeah, it's a little better, and here's the I mean, the main thing for me is the reason Fantastic Four comics are great across the board is, has to do with the fact that they fight monsters.
0: Good. I like <laughs> they it. They fight
1: big, scary monsters all the time. Kaiju-style monsters. They fight. It's <laughs> most of their rogues gallery. And actually, until and so I sent you a video. Yeah. Uh, I just went to a comic shop last night, pulled the F-box out and was flipping through Fantastic Fours and pulling them. Almost every one I showed you... The villain there was a monster.
0: Right. Well, I went through a list of the uh, Fantastic Four rogues gallery. Yeah. And I pulled up some of the people that I was like, these are probably the big ones. Yeah. But apparently one of the big Fantastic Four villains is Mole Man.
1: Mole Man was the very first Fantastic Four villain.
0: And apparently he's like the first Marvel villain.
1: So, Fantastic Four was the first Marvel superhero comic. Okay. Um, And literally, when I talk about monsters, Mole Man controls... So he's like a disgraced scientist. He... Beliefs that the Earth is hollow. Yeah. And then he falls into a cave. And so he and comes he to control. And he has an army
0: of moloids. Right.
1: The moloids. And also, literally, he's ruler of a place called Monster Isle. That's his thing. And so oh, the, I love the, it. And so one of the frustrations with the other movies, why Rise of the Silver Surfer is a good example of especially having all the tools, is they don't use Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom is an iconic Fantastic Four villain, but he's not your typical Fantastic Four villain. Mm-hmm. So when you're trying to make a Fantastic Four movie that really gets Fantastic Four, you don't use Doctor Doom. No. Like they used in the Corman one, in the 2005 one. They've used
0: him in every single one.
1: Yeah, every... Oh, yeah, and he even was in the Silver Surfer one. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah.
0: Because what I remember... The scene that I honestly remember most from... Rise of the Silver Surfer, because mm-hmm. I watched it on YouTube, wasn't even a scene that I particularly saw in this version. This, what I remember is I remember Dr. Doom getting the Silver Surfer's surfboard and literally going and offering himself as, let me be your new herald to Galactus. Mm. And that scene's not in the movie or not in the cut that I saw.
1: I don't remember that. I wonder if that was like an extended version or something.
0: Probably. But what I find interesting and in my kind of interesting connection to Silver Surfer is that's the first movie that I ever saw anywhere on Blu-ray. Oh. I remember being in a Best Buy or a Target with my parents for some reason, and I remember seeing this movie as the Blu-ray they were showing, because this movie came out right about the time Blu-rays were happening. And I remember looking at at it and going, that looks so fake. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You can clearly tell which part is the people and which part is the green screen background.
1: Yeah, there are parts where it's, like, lit very differently. Yeah. It's pretty bad.
0: But, so let's... Ignore some of the other movies, because one of the things I like about this movie is it's not an origin story. Right. Because, frankly, I don't care how the Fantastic Four got their superpowers. Yeah. And it's a little bit silly. Yeah. It's very Silver Age. It is. Which is wonderful, especially if they're going to be fighting (laughs) Annihilus.
1: Oh, Annihilus is great.
0: Or Wizard. Okay. (laughs) Wizard is not great
1: I don't have any particular attraction to Wizard Um, (laughs) uh, No, Annihilus is super cool
0: The other one I wrote down was Diablo
1: Diablo's a thing
0: Um, (laughs) We kind of are at a point in popular culture Where you don't need the origin story If you want to know how they got their superpowers That's what Wikipedia is for And I liked that about Silver Surfer I liked that they were just kind of an established group And you kind of understood their dynamic Mm Mm-hmm The sexism and uh, toxic masculinity in this movie are real and terrible.
1: Both Tim Story movies and the Roger Corman movie. I know we're specifically focused on Rise of the Silver Surfer, but it's like... And, to be fair, Uh this comic started in 1961. Most of the iconic storylines are between 61 and 80, and... The comics are sexist and patriarchal. Yeah. Like, Sue is hectoring and she doesn't, she's not sure if she wants to fight and she wants to get married and have kids and she's always like needling everyone. And so that's why when I say they've never nailed the movie, there have been very, very rarely have they been able to nail every part of what makes Fantastic Four great, even in a single comic book. Right. That's why we need a movie like this. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) That can take the best ingredients.
0: Well, the one thing that I thought that they did right eventually. Because even in Rise of the Silver Surfer, it's group dynamic, group dynamic, group dynamic, group dynamic. Oh, I guess we should get to the plot. Yeah. They don't go and try to interact with the Silver Surfer until 55 minutes into the movie.
1: Right. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. I I actually, I I remember that. That it's like, they do a bachelor party scene. Which is terrible. They do uh, like a weird plane gag at the opening. Which is weird. And none of
0: it. Like they they establish, hey, these people are super duper famous, mm-hmm. cool. And then the next thing that happens is we don't have room for you in first class. We're going to stick you in coach. That's cool with you, super duper famous people, right? Right. No, and, and also they have a fantastic car. They can they use it <laughs> later in the same movie. Yeah, ha- they had. It was the first time that they got to the uh, pro- the the toy tie-in.
1: They are the whole. Lot, he's a he's an an inventor. They have resources. They don't need to fly in a commercial. Whatever. None of that's important. What's important is that <laughs> Tim Story was very focused on the comedy elements of it. Yes. And then Which, would be like, all right, let's do some action stuff. Some I fly. agree
0: with that a little bit. I also think you should focus on the comedy of it. I because agree. the other thing I thought that they did eventually was I think Sue, uh, Sue Storm should kind of be the main character. Mm, Yep. Everyone else is kind of like the goofy, everyone else is goofy in some way, but she's kind of the person who like brings them all together and says, okay, here's what we do.
1: So here's a cool thing about reading the comics is the first, so like the first 300 something episodes of the comics, uh, issues of the comics, there are no retcons. There's no moving backwards. It's all told as a continuous story. Okay. But what's cool about it is, is they're written from the sixties through the eighties. So they're are they aging? Uh no, they Stanley has this whole thing about um the illusion of change. Uh-huh. So he he writes that like time works a little differently in the Marvel universe and so well what's cool is you get kind of the the same characters but they're reflective of the times that they're written in. So Sue Storm as it goes moves from being the least powerful, least important member of the Fantastic 4 to uh, Not their, like, strategist in battle. That no, still but gets she's to be real. No, clearly
0: the most powerful. She
1: becomes the most powerful and the most important character to the group. Good. Because of shedding some of that 1960s toxicity. Well,
0: yeah, because what you want to do is you want to avoid what I'll call a Jean Grey scenario. Mm. It's, she's the most powerful one, but basically Cyclops spends the entire time protecting her, and as soon as she's hurt, they're like, no, Jean's hurt, we gotta get out of here. Right, yeah. And you want Sue Storm to be the person going, no, here's what we do. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because theoretically, Reed Richards is the strategist. He's the genius one. But mm-hmm. kind of, And then I guess the uh, the thing, Hank... Ben. Uh, ben Grimm. Grimm. Yeah. I have it. I was calling... You're to call thinking it, Hank it, McCoy? I, I was thinking <laughs> Hank McCoy, Hank Pym. It, like, all got confused. Yeah. And he's kind of their tank. But, like, if you want, like, precision work,
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's... it's 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 the invisible woman yeah it's invisible woman for sure she can do like she literally says in the movie I bet you didn't know that I could do a force field inside your body and stop you from breathing yeah Oh, she's badass and she can like she literally made a piece of herself disappear and she's like alright well all I gotta do is focus on this Mm -hmm. and for the next eight hours no problem and she does yeah she catches Reed Richards in a force field and there's nothing he can do Mm -hmm. I I have the same thing about Violet in The Incredibles Mm. she's incredibly powerful like I mean, it's the same power set, invisibility and force fields, and that's huge. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, yeah, and you know when she started, she was just invisible. She's an invisible girl, first of all. Sure. And all she could do was turn turn herself invisible. And originally, she couldn't even turn her clothes invisible, and there was, like, some, like, she had to get naked stuff.
0: Yeah. And so there's a lot of, like... They have that moment in this movie, too. Why does this always happen to me? And you're like, it's because Because... it's male gazy and it's a problem? (laughs) Yeah, that's
1: exactly why. Because this movie was written and it isn't life. Yeah. And it was written by men and directed by men and whatever.
0: Chris Evans, Johnny's behavior in this movie is a problem too. Yeah. Like he's making really sexist jokes mm-hmm. and like this poor army sergeant, like at the beginning is like, I'm not interested in you. She does not like him. She doesn't. Yeah. But then at the end, she's like, she's his date to the wedding and I can't figure out why or how.
1: Yeah. that Because her resistance... <laughs> was not a problem to the screenwriters. No. It was like just a little, well, we got to slow pedal this so they're not together yet. Yeah. I know. Let's have her sternly object and right. make it clear that it's not what she wants. And Johnny will move past it.
0: That it's said, bad. it does have one of my favorite moments in the movie where Johnny gets out of the shower and he does the moment where he like kind of turns up the heat a little bit and it just the water just steams off of him. Mm-hmm. And then he's completely dry. I like that. As far as I'm concerned, that's one of the most creative moments in the movie because I want this to be all about finding creative uses for their superpowers. Yes,
1: thank you. And that's one of the major things is if you look at their powers. If you had to pick your power to be a crime-fighting group, you would not pick invisibility. Yeah. No. You would not pick s- Being stretch made of rocks. Good. Yeah, and you wouldn't pick to look like Ben Grimm, uh, like the Thing. I mean, Human Torch has it has it pretty well, but everyone else.
2: This, this it's, suit it's is not, Dolce.
1: <laughs> whatever. But it's not <laughs> ideal, right? Right. And so that creates a tension of of seeing them come up with really clever ways to do it. Particularly Reed, who has a power that really shouldn't be helpful in battle situations. Yeah. And that's one of the marks of his intelligence, is he's always quickly able to, even if it's goofy, making himself a net or making himself yeah. a parachute or a
0: tire can... Do real damage with a smart guy in the right situation. Uh, A medium that's actually really good at doing this is, have you been watching Flash on TV? I watched
1: the first season of The Flash.
0: Last season and now this season, Mm -hmm. they've had Elongated Man, Mm. who is essentially a Mr. Fantastic clone. Yeah. And he's a stretchy guy. But they've had creative and interesting uses for the stretchy guy. And they've mm-hmm. had him do cool, weird things. And then they've had him caught in, like, compromising situations where he's, like, shaped weird and people have made fun of him. Yeah. Well, that's that's
1: another reason. Yeah. One of the hundred reasons that they keep not nailing it is they keep just making his arms and legs go big. Right. Like, they're not making his... It's it's a completely inventive character, the same way Green Lantern is. He's only limited by his imagination. With the shapes he can make and what he can do in the moment, yeah. and they instead just make him like reach far, uh huh, and stand
0: tall, and spin around and dance with two ladies,
1: yeah. Which come on, is that really No,
0: movie. not at all. Like as soon as he was like, "Cool, I'm not comfortable here at all. I'm going. Yeah, done. Yeah, it's not the guy from whatever the show is where he's immortal that actors in a new show.
1: Oh, Jan Gruff Gruffald. Yeah, how do you say his, his name, name is? He's the, he's the guy in Titanic, uh, at the end of Titanic, when the, you know, they have like, the whole hanging on the door thing, and he's in, the, he's in the boat
0: being like... I haven't seen Titanic? What? Did I just spoil <laughs> Titanic for you? Yeah, oh man, the ship goes down. <laughs> oh no. Okay. Leon our, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio doesn't have room on the door, which is clearly big enough for multiple people. If you watched
1: the movie, you'd get caught up and it wouldn't matter. You're criticizing it from too far away.
0: Am I? Yeah. Okay. Titanic is good. Is it? Yeah. All right. I don't have three hours to spend on this. <laughs> okay. Well, no, the movie it's three hours long, and yeah. I who's got the time? Two VHS tapes. Ah. Uh, I um, mean, that should be reserved for the Ten Commandments. But the Ten Commandments alone. <laughs> watch Titanic. <laughs> Eventually, I will. Um, Eventually, I'll be forced to. Someone will like, like, will clockwork orange me into watching it. Funny story. I've never seen Clockwork Orange.
1: Oh, that's I mean, that's it's Clockwork movie, Orange. It, it's is... a good
0: movie, but it's one of those movies that people would be like, Sam, don't watch this movie. Yeah, it's not your thing. No. But uh so Fantastic Four.
1: Fantastic Four. So to Rise of the Silver Surfer.
0: So we agree that it needs it needs to be creative use of their powers. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the thing is kind of stuck with what he has. But honestly, as much as they are a team, they still fight individually. The one time when they don't is the end of the first movie. hmm When it's uh, Johnny Storm making the super fire Nova and uh, Sue containing it. Mm-hmm. But that's what it needs to be. Yeah, they, they need to be like... They honestly, are a team. Reed Richards needs to slingshot the thing into a giant monster. They do that all the time. Yeah. It doesn't happen in this movie once. Right. and The closest
1: they get is when all of the powers somehow end up in Johnny.
0: Which I get like... Every single time the Silver Surfer used his power it benefited the person he was attacking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The-, but the other thing is that as soon as Johnny and Ben switch powers, mm-hmm. Ben should have been like, oh, bye, and left. No. Ben has a heart of gold. He does. He wouldn't. No. But like he's just like, can I just be human for a day? I know. You'd think Johnny would have given him that. That's the thing. Not in this movie. You don't
1: do... You don't do power switching, combining powers in your second Fantastic Four movie. You do that after... First of all, after you've got it right once, which they didn't. And then you do it in, like, your fifth
0: Fantastic Four movie. When you're, like... Everyone's expecting something, and it's, like... the. It, when when it's, everything is so solidified, it's like we get how Reed Richard fights. Mm-hmm. What happens if Reed Richard is fighting with fire powers? Right.
1: Remember how exciting that was in the first Avengers movie when you start seeing like uh, Iron Man deflect a blast off Captain yeah. America's shield. Like that's when it starts to come together. We have the team together already. Let's just
0: and then do in, it. In Age of Ultron, when they're when they're like storming the Hydra base, mm-hmm. when Captain America holds up his shield, Thor clobbers it with a hammer, and then it just sends off the, like, all around and just knocks off the entire, like, squad of people. tanks and squads of people. Yeah. And you're like, they get it. They've been working together for a while. They know how these things work,
1: and it's amazing. That's what we should be seeing. Instead of a movie that's ostensibly about Reed Richards. (laughs) Sure. And then it's just, like, some people that are way more superpowered than him doing not a lot.
0: Yeah. And... Uh, well, we need you to not do these things. I did the things. We forgive you. Yeah. Okay. So but the other thing is that you still want it to be a Silver Surfer movie. You still want them to fight Galactus? I think so. And so I smoke I smoke Monster Galactus or Giant Robot Galactus? Giant God Galactus. Yeah. So the
1: my thought was so this is when we first talked about doing this podcast, I stalled for a while because I had a, per- a paralysis of too many options. Yeah. I actually think Mole Man and his Isle of Monsters would make a great movie. But I th- I agree with that and I have a pitch on that, but keep going. Yeah, but I think the movie with the most potential for a certain thing I want to do that I will tell you as we get into the plot Okay, is the Silver Surfer Galactus movie. And actually showing Galactus in the Silver Surfer Galactus movie. I agree. Instead of just a cloud of bees... <laughs> or whatever it turned out to be. Yeah. Um, Who's not afraid of a cloud of bees? I'm terrified of a cloud of bees. I'm more afraid of a god that's trying to eat my planet than a cr- cloud of bees.
0: What can I do about a god trying real. to eat my planet?
1: Cloud of bees, I can run. So you're more scared of the thing you can get away from? Uh huh. Okay.
0: Being scared of the thing I can't get away from isn't going to do me any good. So you
1: just resign and accept <laughs> your fate. <laughs> what am What am I going to do? Yeah. Well, in this situation, you have a power,
0: oh. and your family has ah. powers.
1: Now we're getting into yeah, it. There we go. Uh,
0: the one thing I would do with Galactus is not make him a white guy.
1: I I agree.
0: I would have a giant... I'm even cool with him being humanoid. And I would have, like, the gigantic purple suit. And then I would kind of have the face be blank. Like, nothing. Mm. Like, like, you kind of can't ever make... It's all in shadow or it looks like space.
1: That's interesting. Because the, there is a thing with Galactus where he appears. It's sort of Eye of the Beholder stuff where... Like, if he attacks the scroll planet... He looks like the scroll He looks like a scroll. He attacks oh. human planets, he looks like a human. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, it doesn't come up too much, but... Um,
0: well, especially because the scroll can look like anybody.
1: Right, but in their natural form, yes. they look like little goblins. I don't know, you're joking. Um, but yeah, so I think Galactus, A, he's a big monster. Yeah. B, he has a lackey that's just also another monster. Yeah. Silver Surfer is a monster from space. Yeah, yeah. He is. Okay. <laughs> He's an alien monster. Hang ten. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um.
1: Yeah, that, that character was written in 1966, for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. Let's make things cool and relevant. This is a surfer in space. You know
1: what his name is, right? His, like...
0: Don't they say it in the movie?
1: Well, yeah. So his whole... So the whole thing with Silver Surfer is Galactus is a planet eater. He went to eat Silver Surfer's planet. And Silver Surfer was like, don't eat my planet. Right. Protect my family. I will be your assistant, and so from that moment on, he became social surfer and stopped being Norrin Rad.
0: Yeah, he said R- that in the movie.
1: Rad. The oh, Rad, Rad, Rad. Oh God, yeah. I I just
0: got that. <laughs> no, that's yeah, pretty
1: nasty. Uh,
0: I think in the movie they were like Norrin Rad.
1: Yeah. Well, once you say it, in, who is it? Lawrence Fishburne's voice. Yeah. That yeah, sounds.
0: cool. Everything sounds cool said said by Lawrence Fishburne. But I, I went down this deep Wikipedia hole one time just finding out about who all of the different heralds of Galactus had been. Because mm-hmm. there have been a lot. Yeah, like, their previous heralds, like, mine is the power cosmic. Mm-hmm. Which everyone's just like, oh, you have god powers. Run! <laughs> yeah. And there was some, like, because they, they used to have, like, Marvel DC crossovers. And there's this just image of Superman saying, mine is the power cosmic. And everyone's just going, oh, no. Yeah, no, you're toast. Yeah, you're you're done. <laughs> That's the end of your world. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be really bad.
1: I'm glad... I'm glad... I'm not... None of it's real. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But okay, so...
0: With that in mind, you want them to fight Galactus. My pitch for uh, Mole Man is... I want him to be the opening. When the Avengers in Age of Ultron are storming the... Uh, Hydra base. Yeah. I want that to be them attacking Mole Man. Love it. Not Isle of Monsters necessarily because I didn't necessarily know about that but like mm-hmm. in some kind of I am the Underminer yeah. kind I think of that's
1: great and I think that's great because another part of the problem with all of the Fantastic Four movies is they spend so much time on setup. Like even, even Rise of the Silver Surfer they're already a team. You don't need to do any gathering team or getting their powers. They spend 45 minutes yeah. Before they encounter the surfer. And so it's like, you know, classic movie stuff. We're showing regular life before the event that launches them into the story.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Shouldn't do it for 45 minutes, but whatever.
0: Frankly, the Silver Surfer movie doesn't start until you have uh, Victor Von Doom mm-hmm. talking to the Silver Surfer. That's the beginning of the movie. Right.
1: But so what I'm saying is your regular life before yeah. the movie life. Fantastic Four's regular life... Is fighting monsters right? So Mole Man's a great start to the movie, and then when um, when Silver Surfer and Galactus come, if we if we end up mirroring how it goes in the comics, then it's like oh we fought some Earth monsters, now we have to fight gods, mm-hmm. and that's your acceleration into the story.
0: What I would do is they're fighting uh, Mole Man, fighting Mole Man, and they get a call like hey something weird's going on in Hong Kong or whatever, mm-hmm. and Fantastic Four is like all right, we'll get to it. Cause they're like, it's always a monster. They're always prepared for it, whatever. And they we'll get to it. It's not a big deal. Like just get everyone to safety. We have to finish up here. And they're kind of like taking their time, like taking out Mole man. And they're like, all right, we got it. Everything's covered. We haven't covered. Cool. No, you don't understand. Get to Hong Kong now. Mm. Okay. And they get to Hong Kong and silver surfer has gone. It's just the massive hole in the ground. Yeah. And so, they're, and they're just like, what happened? Yeah. And it's something like you said, they're used to fighting monsters. This isn't a monster. And then, of course, because they got pulled away, Mole Man escapes and he comes back. And Mm -hmm. then he's like, oh, they're too strong. I gotta get stronger. Yeah. That's interesting. The... He comes back in another movie. The whole... Mole Man. The
1: hole in the earth thing is just... Uh, I know.
0: It just stretches the movie. It's not a thing Silver Surfer does. It has nothing to do with... I don't care if... Like, I don't care if it's a hole in the ground. I actually like it visually because... For the smoke monster, the smoke monster needs a needs a, needs a USB port to plug into the planet mm-hmm. in order to uh, uh, pull from its external battery. Sure,
1: sure, sure, sure. That's, that's your guess is as good as mine. Yeah,
0: it's, it's it's the best I can offer you.
1: Um, do you even know... though that
0: never happens? Yeah, that's what we can assume would but have it happened. Never happens. if
1: they had just made the whole movie <laughs>
0: instead yeah,
1: but of. But they did, um, counting on it being a franchise.
0: But something else happens. Something unbelievable. Literally unbelievable, especially for, even for people with superpowers. So, like, how could this possibly have happened? Could it be that
1: uh, the entire sky lights up in fire and, uh, and then the sun is covered in, uh, is clouded out by debris? Because Mercury's gone? Let me tell you a little bit <laughs> about what happens in the comics. Tell me. The arrival of Silver Surfer. So, the, the basic idea of this, the main Silver Surfer Galactus story. Uh-huh. Is a three-issue run um, done in Marvel Comics in, like, 66. And the I, the first issue of it, th- basically it starts with... It actually starts with Fantastic Four wrapping up another adventure. Yeah. Uh, with the Inhumans, which are okay. essentially
0: monsters. Yeah, uh, um, yeah but... They're monstrous. They, they're monstrous. Are they good guys or bad guys in this world? So, um, yeah. I
1: don't know where they are in 66. When they first appear, they're bad guys. And then you find out their whole scenario. Yeah. Their whole deal. So they're wrapping up an adventure with the Inhumans, um, and then it cuts to outer space. First time we see Silver Surfer, he's flying past the Skrull planet, and the Skrull are doing everything they can to not be seen by the Silver Surfer. And at this point, you have no idea why they're they're like using whatever technology to mask their planet, and the Silver Surfer just goes on by. And then on Earth, uh, they're on the Baxter Building, like the hideout or the the headquarters. And the sky lights up in fire. Completely lights up in fire. We have no idea why. And so Reed, like, retreats into his lab, as he often does, to try and solve this scenario. And then asteroids and space debris start clouding the sky and covering the sun. And he still can't figure it out. Eventually, he figures out that this has to do with the Watcher. The Watcher is a giant uh like
0: baby monster. Baby monster. <laughs> that lives on the moon. Big headed dot guy yeah. watches everything and goes, Yeah, no, I'd see it. I've You're, seen i seen all of it. Ostensibly that's all he does. Is he supposed to watch, but like he
1: always interferes. Yeah. He like has a strict rule about, but he always does. So that's the watcher. Oh so all that chaos caused is the watcher trying to hide Earth from the Surfer. And so that's when um the surfer kind of explains or the watcher explains everything to Reed in the Fantastic Four. Who the Surfer is who Galactus is. He's not a... And and it's a pretty cool introduction if you think about Galactus in 66. Because most villains to this point are like psychos, maniacal, power hungry, greedy. They're They're all like focused on power. Galactus is none of that. He's a hungry god. We mean nothing to him. He's going to eat us no matter what. And that's why every planet who sees the surfer dies. So it's pretty spooky stuff. So... <laughs> so basically at the, at the end of this first issue Issue 48 Owatu finishes explaining that Owatu is the name of the Watcher Owatu is the name of the Watcher Excuse me And Silver Surfer lands in the Baxter building And fires a flare to Galactus Johnny and Ben come out they, They're trying to subdue the Surfer Before he can finish sending his message They end up like knocking him off a building And then Galactus lands It happens that fast And Galactus says Alright <laughs> Guess what? I'm gonna eat this planet uh, uh... And that's the end of the issue
0: all of you go in here.
1: Right. So it's that kind of setup. And so what's cool about these three issues is it happens. This is a three issue storyline. Could be a whole movie. It happens all consecutively. There's nothing like Rise of the Social Surfer where they have a week to invent a device. Yeah. Uh, it, it happens in probably an hour and a half.
0: This is a question that I have that I've kind of never really known And every time I see reference to it online, it's always, like, a joke, and it's not the actual answer. Yeah. Galactus is some giant dude. Yeah. How does he actually eat a planet? Let me
1: tell you. It happens in the next issue. So he has this device. I don't know the name of it. But basically, so the whole, the next issue, issue 49, called If This Be Doomsday, Mm. um, is basically, he starts, like, setting up, like, an Earth blender. Galactus is like 30 feet tall. Like he's he's a god, but his size is pretty variable.
0: My understanding is that he can change his size. He can, yeah.
1: Um and I think when he like when he gets really hungry, he starts to shrink a little bit. I think there's some of that.
0: That's funny. But
1: so he he basically sets up this big Jack Kirby cool gears and bubbles machine. Um and while he's doing it, they're trying to stop him, and there's nothing they can do. Yeah. So he's just building this machine in the middle of New York. Um, that is going to suck all the all the life out of Earth, um, and it takes him the whole issue. And so, like, the issue starts with Owatu and Reed trying to be like diplomatic, like all the things you Please would let this planet live. Yeah, and like the things you would say to an tell you what you can have the moon. <laughs> yeah, Owatu's like, hey, come on, <laughs> you're here now, it's fine. <laughs> but so go
0: get your stuff.
1: It's like you know, if an alien came every movie, it's like they realize oh, Earth life is special, and that's what they're saying. And Glax is like, no, I'm still building my. I'm setting my table. Yeah. I'm building my blender machine. Got
0: my fucking knife out. Right. I got I got the appropriate set of spoons. Yeah. I folded the napkin into a candle, guys. And so
1: that's happening. And then Johnny and Ben are like, Alright, we're let's, superheroes. Let's punch him. Let's punch him. We already knocked out the surfer. Let's get Galactus. It means nothing to him. He like flings him off, keeps building the machine. So at that at that point, Oatu is says basically, um, there's this, there's this machine back on his home planet that can kill him. It's on his home planet, though, so there's, like, no nothing to do. Anyway, keep fighting. <laughs> so, like, they just mentioned that.
0: Yeah. You don't own a wormhole, right? Cool? All right, we're out of here. You're Right. So you are out of here.
1: Meanwhile, Surfer wakes up. Oh, the, the machine is called the Ultimate Nullifier. So, Surfer wakes up. <laughs> the
0: machine that can stop Galactus. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: So, so, the Ultimate Nullifier can stop Galactus. There's so no way to get it. Surfer wakes up in Alicia Master's apartment. Now, Alicia's Carrie Washington in those movies, yeah. I think? Yeah.
0: She's the one who's dating Ben Grimm.
1: Right. Because Ben Grimm hates himself, and the only person he can deal with is a blind woman.
0: It feels like he doesn't hate himself in this movie. He hated himself in the first movie, but I don't think he hated himself here, because it feels like he's happy in his relationship. Yeah,
1: maybe. Well, He's so... just kind of
0: goofing around, and he's embarrassed about his size, but that's mm-hmm. about it. He seems kind of quietly confident with who he was here.
1: The character pretty throughout... Is miserable with himself. Um, he's like a big heart of gold guy. Yeah. But he is embarrassed. He, he's the only one that turned into a monster. Right. So so Alicia, but super compassionate woman, obviously, she takes Surfer in ha- after he gets knocked out. Um, and basically starts working on him, being like, can you talk to your boss <laughs> about not eating Earth? So we go back to the battle, the battle's going on, now all four are involved, Reed's fighting too, and they realize, okay, like, let's stop fighting Galactus, let's go for the blender. Because maybe if we just keep tearing apart his machine...
0: He'll just get he'll frustrated just,
1: and leave? He'll get frustrated and leave, or he'll starve out, or whatever. Yeah. We know we have no effect against this god, maybe we can destroy the god's toy. Got it. So they start doing that, and Galactus <laughs> sends out cyborgs. He has these thing, this thing called the Punisher... Predates the Punisher, sure. the other Marvel Punisher, and it's able to fight all four Fantastic Four at once. And Galactus just like casually goes about rebuilding his machine, <laughs> and it's just it's just relentless. Like there's there's nothing they can do. Everything they try fails. And to then Watu, uh just kind of calls over Johnny, and he's like, "Hey, um, I can kind of amplify your powers and send you into space." And then he does that, <laughs> and so Johnny's just just gone
0: because you know where the best place for fire is. <laughs> Space. Is an oxygen poor environment. Yeah,
1: that would be the place to go. Uh,
0: explosions are often in space. Uh-huh. Uh huh. An explosion can happen in space, but it's the fire's got to go out immediately. Yeah, that's what that's what they do in Battlestar Galactica. Oh, there's a fire. Cool, open it to space. Yeah, that'll put it out, and it's gone, and no more fire. So I guess
1: he gives him some sort of the same kind of thing that Silver Surfer has, where he can travel sure. through space. So he sends him off, and now it's just the three against Galactus and the cyborg, and. Before. Uh, What's that?
0: Before. Watchers help him.
1: Yeah, he's not really helping. He's just watching and also helping, but not really helping. Okay, sure, sure, Um, sure. So then, and then at the end of the issue, this is the second of the three issues, Uh Alicia convinces uh, and Rad Rad Rad! to stand up against, uh... you know, and that's another thing with, uh, against Galactus, but that's another thing with the sexism of the Tim Story movies is like, it's just All because sea Storm gets it, to do. She
0: does nothing. It's just like, well, you're pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't want you to die.
1: Right. It's like I. I love you. You look like my space wife or whatever. or yeah. Whatever it is. And that's it. It's like the way she looks <laughs> is her power. And in the '60s comics, it's her women's intuition.
0: Oh. It's
1: it's shit. But anyway, we can do better. So.
0: Okay. Cool. So I like the idea of this story, and I like the idea of it being literally an impossible feat. But we got to do it without the Watcher.
1: I'm okay with that.
0: Because, especially if you're setting up a new franchise, you're going to have enough to deal with just setting up the characters that we're familiar with before right. setting up the whole concept of Watchers. Mm-hmm. They've briefly alluded to it, the Watchers in the um, Second Guardians 2. of the Galaxy yeah. movie. But as a joke, and I get that, and it was super funny, Yeah, if you got it... Yeah, we don't need it. We don't.
1: I, I'm happy to do that. Uh,
0: I'm, I'm and I, and I like that. the concept of that. And I, and I do think we should do... Moloids at the beginning, they're fighting yeah. moloids, whatever. They come back, and I like the idea of the sky being on fire. But I like it if it's on fire, not because it was the watcher protecting something, but because something is destroyed. Yeah. You can't destroy the moon. Think of the tides. Mm-hmm. It's dangerous. Yeah, it's like on his way to Earth, Mercury, or Venus, done got blown up. Yeah. Or
1: or, or yeah, he uh, something Galactus had some snacks in the way, or, or, and it screwed up. Or he everything. sneezed.
0: <laughs> yeah. <sighs> uh, <laughs> Uh, so oh, excuse good. me i um, got alpha Centauri all over you
1: <laughs> that's a real that's a real Tim story move um, okay so can i I'm going to tell you the last issue
0: tell if me if you don't
1: mind. so uh and this one is a lot faster to summarize because it's mostly action sequences. great so the basic idea with issue 50 is the surfer decides to stand against a Stand up against Galactus. Now, his power, you mentioned the power cosmic before. Yeah. Um, that's what he's imbued with by Galactus. So he's in no way nearly as powerful as Galactus. It's a fraction no. of his power. It's really a losing fight, and he knows it. But it's essentially to buy Johnny time. Johnny comes back from space, having been to Galactus' home planet, with the ultimate nullifier. Hands it over to Reed, because it's an alien weapon, and Reed's the only one smart enough to figure out how to use it.
0: Story checks out.
1: Um, he He threatens Galactus with it. Galactus is furious and hangry and just <laughs> it says basically like, alright, if you give me the gun I'll leave. And, and Reed does. What? <laughs> and, and Galactus does. What? Reed, Reed's like, alright, fair. And he gives him the ultimate nullifier and and this is my problem with it. He gives him the ultimate nullifier and then he leaves and he's like, surfer as punishment, you're trapped to Earth, you don't get to travel in space anymore. And then he goes,
0: presumably to eat other, other planets. planets. Look, <laughs> There's two things I can do. First of all, kill the giant god that eats planets. Yeah. One. Or two, say, no, we keep this, never come back here again. Right.
1: Yeah, we have this now. I don't understand why he did that, why that was okay. Um,
0: The the other thing, I'm trying to remember the context of where I originally saw it, but I feel like it was in, it's something X-Men related and I don't remember what. But basically the concept of, you can't kill a being this big Because there is a universal biosphere, for lack of a better word, a universal um, uh, environment Mm. where you can't just kill off all the alpha predators because then you have other problems. Yeah. And it's keeping things in balance. And I'm trying to desperately remember what the context was for that statement. Like, we can't just kill this thing off because we don't know what it would do to the larger... Oh, I do know. It's a Magic the Gathering story reference. Okay. So in Magic the Gathering, there are these monsters called the Eldrazi, and they're world leaders. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I wonder where they got that from. <laughs> but basically, they're at some point they are trapped in a world called Zendikar, trapped instead of destroyed because if they were destroyed, you don't know what that would do to the rest of the multiverse. Mm. And so they're trapped instead because that way they're not they're not destroyed. So that that they still kind of exist. Worst case scenario, but also because you don't know what destroying them would do to the universe as a whole.
1: What would the difference be between taking them out of commission and killing them, in terms of the, what they do?
0: Well, you don't know, because it was described as, we're just kind of seeing an aspect of them. Mm-hmm. We don't know if they're just a piece of a larger being, and if you kill them, the actual larger being will come in. I see. Whereas if you just hold them in place, it's a stasis, as opposed to escalation. Like,
1: like we would, like you might say to a, someone who doesn't like spiders, like, if you kill all the spiders, then we're... Surrounded them We're twice. doomed, yeah. I, yeah, I get that. Um, I still think kill the thing that kills the planet.
0: I, I tend to agree with you. You're
1: pro-Galactus is what I'm mm-hmm. taking from this. Absolutely. I think Same planets guess. should die. <laughs> Pro-Galactus.
0: Uh, Gal- Galactus, 2020. Oh, God. <laughs> but that was the logic behind it of... That's a, that's a big swing mm-hmm. to kill something larger than you because that will have repercussions and ripples that you do not understand. Yeah. And... Yes, he might eat a planet here and there, but by killing him, it might get worse. I don't know. Mm. You don't know what he's fighting off. Yeah. You don't know what he is... Like, he might eat planets and has to have that power to fight off the super gods. I don't know. Right. But that's that's always the logic that gets used. I sure. necessarily don't have a problem with, yeah, it's killing all the people. Make it stop. Right. Yeah. I think that's the way to go. I mean,
1: you know, for a while, like, when going back to Fantastic Four specifically... In the comics, they reveal in the backstory that when Surfer started being the Herald, he specifically sought out planets that don't have people or intelligent life on them. Right. But you do that for centuries, and you start to get weary of it and casual. And the same way with Galactus. When he first started out, he would only eat planets that had life but not intelligent life, and then you do
0: it for long enough. So I think the way... Because he does need the organic life. Yeah. So you just go to some planet that's just all grassland and, like actual fauna never evolved right that would all be, flora no fauna that would be ideal for but
1: but again so so i think that's the idea so the is,
0: planet from the pedal video game i've never played don't worry about it i won't
1: so the idea is even if they try even if galactus tries it's not going to happen he tried it and, and it ended up not caring anymore and went to eat zen law or wherever <laughs> so I think it is in law, and then Surfer tried it and eventually led him to Earth anyway. Okay. And he's I am anti Galactus. Sure, um, it's, a,
0: it's a strong opinion. I if, hope we I can mean, still be friends. If that's the hill you're willing to die on, so be it. Yeah,
1: I think so. Um, yeah. So that anyway that that was the whole that was the whole thing. So it ends with Surfer being stuck on Earth. Um, and then the surfer and, gets a comic. And his only friends are the Fantastic Four and he's lonely and
0: Whatever. I like the idea. I also like the like Galactus on Earth, big robot guy, gonna eat the planet, doing a thing. Mm. <laughs> I'm gonna make another reference. Did you watch any Dragon Ball Z growing up? I did, yeah. Did I, you ever watch I, the watched tsunami? The the Tree of Life movie? <laughs> yeah. So uh a bad guy comes to Earth, plants a seed, and it's a giant tree grows that sucks the life out of the planet earth Uh and it brings fruit and these fruit you eat them you gain power i feel like in a studio system that's kind of what you would end up with it's galactus coming to create something and oh here's this fruit and if you have dr doom dr doom would want to get that fruit he'd get the power and then he could piece the frick out no
1: dr doom right this is my
0: ideal remake no dr doom no dr doom i have casting for him i'm sorry he's not in the movie no dr doom in the movie no dr doom in the movie can he be in the post-credit teaser I have a
1: different thing in mind for the post cut of cheese. Okay, we'll get there. Okay.
0: But you want a Jack Kirby Bubbles and Machine.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just
0: a weird, crazy, we don't get how this works. Reed Richards doesn't get how this works, but it is draining the planet of power. If Reed Richards had enough time, he could figure it out. Sure. But but this whole thing happens almost in real time in my okay, mind. I like that. I'm cool with that. I think that yeah. that's interesting. Because I think that that doesn't give us a chance for like, oh, interpersonal squabbles, blah, 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 blah. Right. And you can have your bickering during a battle like you always do. And it's fun to watch superheroes of course. do that. Especially the Fantastic Four. I mean, that's what they do. Right. Bickering is what they do, but it needs to not be stupid five-year-old bickering. Right.
1: And it also needs to be not, oh, we got to put some action sequences in. Let's do them fighting each other again. Yeah. Like, that's so boring. Yeah. They're a team. Yes, they fight. And they do fight in the comic books. Like, Johnny and Ben often have physical brawls, like kids. But it's not... When we only have an hour and a half to tell a story, that's not the fight sequence I want to see. I want to see the Fantastic Four teaming up against Punisher the Cyborg. I want yeah. to see them trying to fight a god. That sounds great. Surfer. I would watch that. It's so much more interesting. Uh, if we're losing Oatu, the watcher, Which I think we should. I think we should, too. Um, I also think, rather than have them going somehow to Galactus's planet to retrieve the ultimate nullifier, it is a Reed Richards invention. I
0: agree with that as well.
1: Um, And if
0: anything, I think... Here's my pitch. Yeah. What I think uh, it needs to be is Galactus is on Earth. He's constructing his machine. They go. They fight him. That doesn't work they're trying to fight the machine. They kind of break the machine. Uh, Galactus sends the Punisher out. We'll have to come up with a new name for that. We'll call it Annihilus. We will not, because Annihilus... Could be used in future Fine. properties. We'll call it Diablo. Why would he call it the Spanish word for it? We'll call it uh, Namor. Uh, we will not <laughs> I'm just coming up with other Namor the Submariner is a significant character. You don't want to burn it. What was the one that uh, what's the guy that just shoots beams? That's his special power? That's the villain? I don't know. I'm looking it up. The shocker? Blastar. Love it. Give me Blastar. Literally the first one on this thing. Blastar, sometimes oh, yeah. called the Living Bomb Burst. And Blastar is, a, is... He lives in the Negative Zone. He's also an enemy of Annihilus.
1: Yeah. So Negative Zone Basically is... Basically
0: his power is he shoots beams from his hand. Yeah.
1: Negative Zone is a super cool place. Came from Fantastic Four.
0: Yeah. Annihilus it's where King. Superman sends uh, the bad guys he doesn't want to kill. We can just come up with a name instead of
1: using...
2: I
0: know. <laughs> I'm having fun doing this. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we, like, we would come up with a name. And so he sends out this robot. The robot shuts them down also as they lose they're able to steal parts of the machine yeah, away yeah. and so Reed is able to figure it out and he's able to come up with something he's able to both figure out the machine and figure out how the machine plugs into Galactus mm-hmm. so basically he has the decision to make of he ha- only has enough time to make one thing yeah. something that stops the machine or something that stops Galactus the machine they can figure out it'll, it'll almost for certain work the thing that would stop Galactus, we don't know. Right. The machine, he gets it. Galactus, mm-hmm. we don't know. He kind of like can figure out and can kind of what the machine is giving in, he can take out. Yeah. But we, he doesn't know if that'll work, and so they have to roll the dice, and he has to decide whether or not w- which one of those two he's going to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that is kind of that could kind of be the dividing thing of the movie. Two of them think they need to destroy the machine. Two of them think they need to attack the guy. Interesting. And I think it should be Johnny Storm and Miss, and Reed Richards thinks that they should attack the guy. And Sue and the Thing think that they need to take down the machine. And I yeah. think that the Thing being on Sue's side saying, no, 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 we're in serious danger here. Let's just go for the sure thing and then we can take the next step after it. Yeah. It's a departure for him and it's a more interesting development. Interesting. I I understand that. Especially I, if we're doing this in real time.
1: Right. And I, yeah, I love to do it. Dude doing it in real time yeah it was a pitch i think it it may serve us well to not be afraid to make the conventional choice for the character because this is we don't get a lot of time with these characters
0: that's Um, fair i get that
1: they screw them up a lot i don't want to i don't want to like go this is an unusual move for the thing on the first time we see the thing okay i don't want to make him boring but i think there's a lot interesting about himself and Mm -hmm. his character one of the things to keep in mind with the thing as opposed to the movies um, so like in the movies, you might remember better than I do with the Tim story ones why does the th- why does Ben Grimm end up on the like in the science experiment is he I thought he was one of the I thought he was another scientist so they they mess it up occasionally but the basic idea is like Ben Grimm is not an idiot he's often no. played as like um, uh, Ophi yeah, because
0: that's how he's drawn, but he's not. I thought he was a scientist he went uh, he's,
1: he's not a scientist, but he is like an ace pilot. He went to college with Reed. So he
0: and Johnny are friends basically, because isn't Johnny also a pilot?
1: no, that's that's the thing with the Chris Evans movies. Okay. Johnny's just so the way it originally was is, and again, it doesn't give a lot of agency to Sue in particular, but it was sounds like the 60's. Yeah, Reed and Ben went to college together. They went to war together, World War II. Oh, <laughs>
0: wow, that, that is a war.
1: Yeah, uh, that's one of them. And then when Reed was ready to go to space, they were astronauts together because he was the best pilot he knew. So he has a level of technical knowledge and expertise that is occasionally used in the comics and never dealt with in the movies. Yeah. So I, Here's I the big think guy. it would be nice big to... Big guys
0: like punching things. Right. Unlike uh, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where the big guy hates punching things and is an engineer. Yeah. It's great. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a good show. I like it. I'm I'm behind. But I like the show. And I think they're waiting for like a mid-season replacement because I also think they're like, uh... We don't know how to deal with what just happened in Infinity War. Oh, so yeah. we'll wait.
1: We'll hold.
2: Yeah.
0: Or
1: do like what the Netflix shows did and just be like, this is still before.
0: <laughs> oh, Yeah. Yeah. The now canceled Netflix shows. Yeah, that's so sad. Iron Fist, Luke Cage, and Daredevil all got canceled. Yeah, they say I, Iron Fist, I get. Luke Cage, I kind of don't because it's a really I, good
1: character. The show it's was a great just character. Fine. It's
0: not a good show. Yeah. I hate. I hated that season. I'm sorry, but I did. I didn't finish season two. I didn't even start it. But it's a whole other way of being a superhero that isn't addressed anywhere else, and I think that's important.
1: I think what they're doing, I mean, it seems pretty clear, is that Disney's starting their own streaming service. Yeah. They're about to do their own and so streaming they want TV to... shows. They don't want any competition. But both Netflix and Marvel put out statements saying that they expect all to show up in future properties. So I don't know if that means maybe they just wrap him up in an episode of Jessica Jones, or if that means he ends up in... A movie. In he'd be a good fit if they do a Black Widow movie, because they have yeah. a relationship. Anyway. Anyway. Fantastic Four. Yeah. The
0: start of it all. The one thing I'm excited about is uh, Luke Cage. I don't like that guy, but like the the oh, the, I love my Coulter. The the that lady actor. in the movie in the movie in the TV show whose name is escaping me. Um, Alfred I think, Woodard. I think her name's Connie in the show, but I don't think that's right. Doesn't oh, matter. Wait, are you saying Iron Fist? Iron Fist. Oh yeah. Yes, I'm sorry. She's a great actor. Oh yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. Oh, but no the act the actor Luke Cage is great. He's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. Uh, Iron Fist that lead actor don't really care, but no, his, his female opposite is amazing. Yeah, I like her a lot. And so I want her to be in more things. Mm-hmm. I've used her in this show before. I don't remember what episode. Doesn't matter. What were we talking about? It's the thing. He's yeah. a big guy and he's really technically smart. Yeah. But you were saying you don't necessarily want them going against type in this. So let's say they're split two two. They need a deciding vote, and that deciding vote can either be alicia masters or it can be the silver surfer yeah
1: and i think silver surfer makes the most sense he would have i think so too be best at making an informed decision
0: and i think because that way they can say they can drain galactus into the silver surfer and that way the silver surfer is able to fight galactus hmm because he is able to if they're draining the power cosmic away from galactus who already knows how to use the power cosmic
1: that's interesting so you're saying that whatever ultimate nullifier version they use is a transferring thing rather
0: well, than... Well, if it's based off of the technology that uh, Galactus is putting into his draining machine... I see what you're it, doing. If the draining machine pulls, this pushes. hmm Or it pulls out of Galactus. So instead of feeding power into Galactus, it takes power away from it. But then that power has to go somewhere. Yeah. And so they can either try to put it into one of them and Johnny's like, I'll do it. And they're like, no, you'll die. Mm-hmm. But Silver Surfer can handle it because he's already tuned into the power cosmic. That's cool. Yeah, but then that sets up another tension where, like, do we do trust, we trust him? Silver
1: Surfer with it? Or is he power?
0: just trying to usurp his boss?
1: Yeah. Dope. I like that tension. He does the right thing in the end, right? Yeah. Okay, good.
0: Because uh, uh, Sue Storm's pretty or something. Because
1: Alicia showed him compassion that is only in humanity. That. And it, the people that, of Zen Lai. That re-
0: That reminds him why, th- that reminds him what his initial goal was in becoming the Herald right. of choosing planets where compassion hadn't developed.
1: Perfect. That's great.
0: I love it. I love it.
1: Okay. So we're running through plot. So can I talk about how I want it to end?
0: Yeah, tell me about how you want it to end. Because I feel like we kind of have a sense of the movie as a whole. We kind of have our initial teaser, we have the setup, we have the what's kind of happening. Yeah. We kind of have the second act turn of the building the machine. Oh no, do we trust this guy? Okay, let's trust him, let's go. Third act, go.
1: Okay. I want to add in a a layer of context of how I've been envisioning it that we haven't talked about yet. Okay. One of the problems that the Fantastic... I'm going to rephrase one of the reasons that the Fantastic Four movies have always failed is because Fantastic Four are 1960s characters. Yeah. They're optimistic. They're, they're bright. They're very science-based. Yep. You know, you think of... They're very influenced by 60s monsters movies and the 60s culture of the time that really valued science, scientists, inventions, astronauts. Got it. Okay. Um, so, if you read a comic today... Even though the art may be updated, the language style might be updated, it's still an optimistic monster-fighting family, which feels very 60s. Okay. And I think part of the reason that the movies haven't worked, the Corman one, they tried to adapt it to the 90s, the Tim Story ones, they tried to adapt it to the 2000s, the most recent one, they tried to adapt it to this kind of dark
0: 2015 thing. Well, they gave it the Man of Steel treatment. Yeah. Which is a problem because um, these are supposed to be light characters dealing with heavy shit, right? But they're still positive people, mm-hmm. which is why when we get into casting, I cast a lot of comedy people.
1: Yeah, I thought about comedy people too. I, I didn't land on a couple, so I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing what you say. But but in any case, what I feel like is this: we set the movie in 1962.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: And and hear me out all the way through. This whole scenario we're talking about happens in 1962 New York. So everything we've been seeing is that kind of slick. It, it it all just so everything we've been seeing just matches that aesthetic. Okay. And what we get from it that's cool is we get all the things that makes Fantastic Four great in the aesthetic that they're built for, without all the problematic stuff that comes out of reading the 1960s comics. Right. Okay. The movie goes whether they use the Surfer's powers or whether Galactus's machine explodes or whether they use the Ultimate Nullifier. They beat Galactus. The movie's over. We do something explodes. Something sends them to the future into the MCU, not into the, not into their future.
0: Oh, into the MCU. Yeah, they get blown in, into a different universe into the universe we're familiar with. Okay.
1: Kind of uh, end of end of Captain America first adventure. Yeah. So the idea being, and this is a big swing, but it's my ideal remake. But the idea is, we get this, we get everything about Great Fantastic Four Sixties. Oh, okay. And they here's get how you do that. Transported whole hog as they are with the attitudes they have, and it makes sense into 2018.
0: Well, here's how you do that. What happens is they beat Galactus. Galactus leaves, but as soon as Galactus leaves, the big machine he was building is going to explode. Yeah. And so they have to get that machine out of there. And the Silver Surfer's been completely drained. He doesn't have the power to do it. Mm-hmm. So what they have to do is basically Sue creates a force field around it. Johnny is underneath pushing it up. Yeah. Reed is going... Making
1: Reed, last minute adjustments or something.
0: Reed is doing math, last minute adju- adjustments, trying to, trying, to, trying to make it not explode. Right. But they're going to space. And thing comes with because he's like, look, if you guys are going, I have to be with you. Right. I honestly think that he would choose to like, be there to be with them. Yeah. Then... Especially if we don't or, have Alicia
1: in the movie. Yeah.
0: They're all he has. Right. They're the only people who accept him for who he is. And, like, if you guys are going out in space to sacrifice yourselves, I'm going with you. Because yeah. this is how... Because like, if I, if you guys go out, I want to be there with you. hmm And I feel like... And so they get it. They are in space. Fantastic Four. Uh, stuff happens in space. Yeah. Tagline. Fantastic Four. Uh, stuff happens in space. Yeah. With the... Uh, with the... Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. And... <laughs> and that's how they so this explosion ha- it explodes implodes pop yeah and then it just opens up and they land and it's a different world mm-hmm. I'm okay with that
1: yeah I really like that because then if we do have future Fantastic Four adventures they can it can feel right that they are the characters they are
0: in a different world in a they're different literally world. characters from a different world here's my only issue with that yeah Sue's gotta be the kind of the main character Okay. And if yeah. you put her in a '60s context, that's a lot harder to do. But it's '60s content in a totally different universe. Okay,
1: we can have we don't have to worry about having all white people in power. Good, we don't have to worry about. I didn't just cast white people. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't either. But like, so we don't have to worry about all of the nasty '60s things. There are monsters. There are. This is a world where superheroes exist in 1962. So we don't have to stick to the racial and patriarchal problems of our 1962.
0: Great. Okay, good. You can have good.
1: all the aesthetic and all of the brightness without the terrible stuff.
0: All right, cool. So they're going to a worse world.
1: Yes. Oh, no, it's bad. It's bad here.
0: Okay. <laughs> or right. there, or whatever. It, it It is worse. Yeah. Okay, I'm on board for that.
1: I think it's cool. Great. Because the four of them go, and Doctor Doom's story, if we want to use him later, isn't necessarily tied... To their origin. That's more of a movie thing than a yeah, really comic I, thing. Yeah, I've never so cared about that. So we can have Doctor Doom in the MCU later on. It It's just the four of them, the four celebrity superheroes of 1960 New York, end up
0: in our MCU at the end of this movie. Yeah. If anything, they can be comic book characters in the MCU that all of a sudden become real. Yeah. They do that in the comics. They have characters in comics reading a whole right. comic book or whatever. But especially it's like... They did that in the Justice League animated TV show where mm. an explosion happened and Green Lantern, The Flash, and third person, uh, uh, Hawk Woman, okay. Hawk Girl, whatever, Hawk Woman, Hawk Girl's bad. Uh, Hawk Woman get blown into uh, an alternate universe, and it's kind of that 50s era, like, Silver Age world. Yeah. But these are all characters that Green Lantern read about in comic books. He's like literally meeting of cool. the comic book characters. Yeah. It's great. And so I think that we should absolutely do something like that. I think that's a good idea. Cool. Wonderful. Love it.
1: I was prepared to defend it harder, but that's No,
0: I I think it's a good idea. I'm all aboard your good idea. Okay. So then let's start talking about casting. Yeah. I don't think we missed anything. So the one thing that I did was because I think this needs to be the established Fantastic Family. Uh Uh-huh. They're established. I cast a little bit older.
1: I... Okay. I was looking at... I was looking at late 30s, early 40s for everyone but johnny
0: i did the same thing
1: okay
2: cool
0: wonderful so i think we should start with and the other thing is i don't care about how characters look i've never cared about how they look in uh rise of silver surfer jessica alba it has dyed blonde hair what was with and that? blue eye contacts yeah no, no and it's terrible we're on the same page i don't care that sue that sue storm is blonde. Frankly, I don't care that Mary Jane is a redhead. I don't care that Gwen Stacy is blonde. Right. That doesn't matter. That's not the essence. The appearance of someone is not the essence of the character. Right. Good. I'm with you. Cool. No argument. So let's talk about Sue Storm.
1: Okay. My pitch. Okay. And I'm, I'm a little bummed that you didn't watch it because I'm suggesting Constance Wu and you just got the screener for uh, Constance Wu's come up Asians. a
0: lot on this show.
1: Yeah. Like, a lot. So here's the thing. Because this is a backdoor entry into MCU... It cut my casting choices down a lot. Yeah. But I think Constance Wu totally has the charisma to be the leader of the movie. And I the agree with that. And has a lot of emotional depth. I think looks the character, if we're just thinking of the character, not the like the racial background or ethnicity of the character. Sure. So I'm a, I'm, I, I really like Constance Wu.
0: Good. Uh, everyone likes Constance Wu. I've got nothing against Constance yeah. Wu. But what I wanted was I wanted someone who's both capable, competent, and an action star, mm. and that's why I went with Carrie Russell, mm, the female le- the female lead in The Americans. Yeah, no, I know Carrie Russell. Um, she is capable of doing comedy. Like my, I, my first uh, exposure to Carrie Russell is when she had a couple episodes in Scrubs, mm-hmm. and since then she's had this amazing career. She was in Waiting. She was in or Waitress. Excuse me, Waiting is a different movie. Yeah, it's a worse movie. I like Waiting. The one where they really spit in the food. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I liked it in college. I, I bet. Don't watch it now. <laughs> oh, no. I tried to watch it with uh, Cam and Ed, and uh, we got a couple minutes, and like, as soon as they started messing with the food, I was like, I'm out. Yeah. I can't watch this.
1: Yeah, I like Carrie
0: Russell a lot. She was in uh, one of the Mission Impossibles. Probably. Uh, the brief part. But that's the thing. Three. She's an action star. Yeah. And so that's what I want. I love Constance Wu. I love her comedy chops. I love her essence, mm-hmm. because she's delightful, she's fun, and she's competent. And those are important components, but I also need someone who can fight.
1: Do we want to wait on locking this in until we hear oh, yeah, how course. they go together? I,
0: I I agree with that, because okay. it is a unit, and I think we should kind of introduce all of them and kind of stitch it together with who we think works. Yes,
1: I'm done with that.
0: Especially because we kind of need to pair our Sue Storm and our Reed Richards.
1: Right, and and unless we're doing the adoption thing again, like they did in Fanfortastic... I said Reed Richards. I know I was oh. adi- I was Oh about this the, the, the the No one saying we need to match the siblings as well. Oh I don't care about we, that.
0: I, I kinda I want to be I liked Phantom 4 Stick where it's just yeah no he's black. I don't care.
1: Yeah, no, I mean that she was adopt that like Sue was adopted or whatever, but I don't care which one of them is adopted. I don't care if anyone's
0: adopted. Oh, I don't care black. if it I don't care if it's stepbrother, stepsister.
1: Yeah. I guess it doesn't matter too much. Yeah. But as long as they appear to have been raised together in are
0: yeah, family. as long as they are family. Yeah. That's all I care about. Cool. I will go first for Reed Richards because he went first for Sue Storm. Yeah. My Reed Richards is Bill Hader.
1: Interesting.
0: He has the look and he can kind of do dramatic. But here's the thing: he's super, super smart, but socially doesn't quite get it. Like that's why the the strip club scene or the da- or the when uh, Mister Fantastic party. the bachelor party is so bad. Yeah. Because that's not who he is. He needs to be someone who's like kind of uncomfortable all the time, unless he's with Sue, or unless he's working. So.
1: Let me dig in a little bit of how I think about Reed. Okay. One of the problems that they do with Reed is that because he's intelligent, they cast him to be bookworm nerdy. Okay. Reed still is an action hero. He's a war veteran. He fights for 600 issues. Yeah. He's he's physically imposing. Okay. And looks like a superhero. Okay. And I think when you when you cast like
0: I swear to God, Jan, if you're about to say John Hamm...
1: Jan Gruffwald or whatever, Yeah, it doesn't work. When you t- cast Miles Teller, it doesn't work. Well, yeah, but so, I also just don't like Miles Teller. We can talk about that separately. <laughs> I, I don't like Mr. Reed Richards. I like Miles Teller as an actor. But my pitch, and now there is a, an internet fan base for suggesting a certain couple for Reed and Sue that I don't necessarily... I'm not totally on board with. Okay. But my suggestion for Reed is late period john krasinski i think he is charismatic plays as intelligent is super jacked right now plays as could be a veteran also plays as someone who could be focused on inventing the whole time the pairing people suggest is john krasinski and emily blunt yeah uh i don't think we need to do that
0: no it's a good as much as i like her I, i love emily blunt right but you you know why we can't go with john krasinski i don't think right why let me let me confirm, because there's a chance I'm getting this wrong. Did you get cast in something? Oh, no. I always get John Krasinski confused with the dude from Chuck. Because it's the dude from Chuck who's playing Ca- uh, 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 Shazam, right? Right. Not John Krasinski? Right. John Krasinski is not in the Marvel Universe as of yet.
1: Right, but Shazam is in Marvel. Shazam's DC.
0: Good point. Nonetheless, still superhero stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, Zachary Levi is who you're thinking of. Yeah, it is. But Krasinski, I think, would do... Really well. I think he looks like an action hero now. I think he has a sensitivity. The other thing that's nice is I think John Kaczynski has a really good habit, or a really good skill, I should say, of playing characters that should be unlikable that somehow aren't. And Reed is bossy and a brainiac and locks himself in his lab and ignores his family. Yeah. But you still But like at least him. he
0: didn't invent Ultron.
1: He didn't invent Ultron. But he, he has... But he would have. He would not have. (laughs) Um, But he has... You understand his character. You understand his good heart. And I think John Krasinski's really good at getting those qualities across. Especially with someone like Jim from The Office, who's kind of a dick, but you always manage to love him. Same idea.
0: Okay, I can see that. Interesting. All right, cool. Why don't we talk about... Who do you have for Ben Grimm?
1: So, I have two ideas I couldn't land. Okay. My... I wanted someone. One of the things that I like about Ben Grimm is he feels very local New York. So two people that I feel like can pull that off really well, and also pull off the kind of internal. Because the thing:
0: I liked the casting they had for Ben Grimm in the Fantastic Four movie. As I Michael saw. Chiklis, yeah, I thought yeah, Michael Chiklis he was, was great. Good.
1: Um, I, I like think, Michael Chiklis. I think Michael Chiklis is good, and I also thought Chris Evans was the right pick at the time. Yeah, I
0: think he was poorly written.
2: Yeah,
1: but he's good cast. Right, but as in terms of now, the two thoughts, and this is a little older than our are pairing so far with Reed and Sue, but it could still work because, you know, he's gonna be CGI the whole time or, or whoever they make him. I was thinking
0: Was he CGI in the original ones? In the one I watched he wasn't CGI. They put him in a It's in a suit. I like the suit. Yeah. Well I, whatever I they I, do. You you're not yeah. gonna see I would yeah you're that not someone see looks his face. fifty instead of forty.
1: Sure. Michael Kenneth Williams. Alright, let me look him up. Michael Kenneth Williams is the guy with the big scar on his face that's in stuff. Okay. He's in the wire, he's in Boardwalk Empire. This dude's intense. He's an intense dude, but I think he has that. I think he's good at communicating some pain. I think he's a pretty good actor. The other option I have is Michael Jai White. Are you familiar with Michael Jai White?
0: I recognize the name. He
1: was Spawn. And,
2: <laughs> but
1: uh, the, his big thing... Correct me if I'm wrong, please, because I'd hate to say something dumb here.
0: Black Dynamite? Black
1: Dynamite. So he is someone... And he was in Dark Knight. He's someone who can handle... Like you were talking about with Kerry Russell... He's someone who can handle intense action stuff, uh-huh. but also is a really good actor, and also knows comedy.
0: Yeah. And okay. I, th-
1: I think he'd be a really good fit. I'm talking myself into Michael Jai White over Michael Kenneth Williams. Yeah, see, so you just had
0: to say it out loud. <laughs> yeah. The actor that I have, sticking with our Michael theme, is... No. <laughs> uh, the actor that I have is an actor named uh, Bashir Salahuddin, who you may not have seen. He hasn't done that much. Uh-huh. But I know him from, I mean, he was in Snatch, but I know him from Glow. Who is he in Glow? He is, there's the, 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 the black couple, the really competent lady and her husband. Uh-huh. The, let me just turn this computer around. Well, they can't see it on the podcast. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to come up with a better way of describing him. In Glow, he plays the referee. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, I like him. I haven't seen enough of him to know whether he's got it.
0: But he's... He's a light, fun character. He's kind of the person who it picks other people up when they're feeling down mm. in Glow. And he kind of is... He's light and he's fun and he's a positive character. And he literally is playing people's friend. Yeah. He's that person that they turn to because he is their friend. So... I And think he also has the right build for it. But. He does.
1: I think of the thing as eternally pained but with a heart of gold. He's this grumpy... Not particularly friendly guy who would do anything for his family. Okay, so that that's what I think of him. Do you think uh, Bashir, whatever his last name is, could pull that off?
0: I mean, I'm sure he can. I've never seen him necessarily play grumpy, but I'm sure he can play grumpy. Yeah, it's not that hard to play grumpy. You just I guess not. get woken up early.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Um, okay,
0: okay, uh, and so let's talk about Johnny Storm. Yeah, my Johnny Storm is an actor named Hassan Minaj. I like Minaj. I picked him because, again, he's comedic, Mm -hmm. but he's also been in action movies. He was in uh, My Ex Boyfriend was a Spy, The Spy Who Dumped Me. Oh, yeah, I saw him. The the Mila Kunis Kate McKinnon movie. Mm -hmm. And he is, I think, about 10 years younger than the other people that I cast. Mm -hmm. So he's the younger guy, but he's kind of like the hey, hey, comedy guy. Yeah. But also is like, hey, check this out. I'm going to do some cool shit. That's cool. I like that. I wish
1: I had have seen him in, on anything besides stand-up or his show or Daily Show. Because I, I don't have a sense of the choices he makes as an actor.
0: He's good in The Spy Who Dumped Me.
1: Yeah. I saw A Glimpse of the Spy Who Dumped Me on a plane. Ah. As that's my, the, my best way to, that's the best it. way to see a yeah. movie. It's a good movie. You should watch it. Okay. So, on the other side of that, I had considered three people from it. Okay. Tell me if any of these names jump out to you, as, as likely. I think you know. I did text you one name. I know, and I'm I'm (laughs) having trouble. I
0: know, I know. Go ahead. Kelly Marie Tran. Okay.
1: I like a lot. Great. Johnny doesn't need to be a guy.
0: Of course not, and I've used Kelly Marie Tran Tran in a couple of different things, because she's amazing. Aquafina. Okay. As an option. Okay. You know her? I do. I've used her in a couple of things on this show as well. And then, I'm gonna butcher, I always mispronounce his name, but Manny Jacinto. I think so many times, Manny has uh, justin. But think
1: videos. of him as Human Torch. Yeah, he's very. He'd Johnny. be
0: great. The only reason I fight against him is because I think like the last three movies we've done, he's been some character in it because we all love. We all love Jason.
1: I talked to a previous guest of yours, Paul, and he said apparently Donald Glover comes up a lot.
0: Yeah, not so. recently. Not since I've been made a, made a big stink about it. The people who come up a lot are Manny Jacinto, Kate McKinnon, Don Glover, Idris Elba, mm-hmm. Melissa McCarthy. And that's it, I get all that do although now Constance wu has been coming up a lot as well. I think she's wonderful,
1: but I think we should consider for battle Glover for balancing out the fact that this movie is and we might cast galactus not as a not as a man, but if you think of the lead casting of this movie uh-huh. we the team is three men and one woman uh-huh and the bad guys are at least one man.
0: I'm, your logic of casting a woman makes perfect sense to
1: so me. So, I think we should consider that for Johnny.
0: And like of the people you listed, I love Kelly Marie Tran. She is not Johnny Storm. Yeah, she's but too. But Aquafina could be. Okay.
1: I like Aquafina a lot for it.
0: And I like Aquafina for the exact same reasons that I like uh Hasan Minhaj. Minaj. Mhm. She's a comedic person. She hasn't really done as much action, but she could. Right. She's great notions eight. She's i understand that she's great in uh Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah, she's
1: good. I mean, she's wild. And that's the thing is, I think Johnny, of all the characters, of the four, he's the least serious. He's having fun with his powers. Or she's having fun with her powers. Sure. And I think Cena could pull it off in a nice
2: way.
0: the Human Torch's powers are the most fun. Right. He can turn them on and off. Yeah. Unlike the thing. He can fly. Unlike who, the other... doesn't want that. Yeah. Like, like, for a while, when I was a kid, like, imagining, like, which superpowers I'd want, it was either the Human Torch... Or Iceman. Yeah. Those are the two. Yeah. For me, anyway.
1: Human Torch or the Human Torch ripoff.
0: Iceman is a Human Torch ripoff?
1: When X-Men first came out, they the issue was like, in the exciting style of the Fantastic Four. Ah. And it was like, we have a strong man in Beast, and we yeah. have, instead of a fireman, we have an Iceman, and we have a woman with psychic powers instead of a woman that creates...
0: And then a, you know, a leader.
1: Yeah, and then Cyclops is yeah. different, yeah. but still, it's this. It was, makes sense. It was very much yeah, modeled cool. after well, Fantastic Four. I like
0: them, so yeah. yeah, makes sense. I would. Okay, let then let's. I think then let's go with Aquafina because I think I agree with your logic and I think that's a good choice. Okay. So then, while working our way back up the list, mm-hmm. Aquafina is going to be a very big character. Yeah, which means that she's going to be the biggest character.
1: Biggest in terms of the performance style? Yeah. Okay.
0: And so I feel like that kind of mutes everyone else. We're going to need to be pulling in a little bit because I think if people try to match her, we're going to have a mistake.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, we still want these to be bright, optimistic, sunny-ish characters. Absolutely. Obviously, the stakes are high, so they're not, like, smiling the whole time. Right. But...
0: So let's work our way back up. Ben Grimm, Mm
1: -hmm. between... I'm going to stick with my pitch. It's just Michael J. White. I'm cutting be- Michael
0: Between Spawn and the guy from Glow, who would be a better best friend to Aquafina?
1: Interesting. Oh. I mean, you phrase that in a way that really supports your pitch.
0: It really does, doesn't it? But if I phrased... How would you phrase it? Who,
1: who really gets across the tortured heart of gold and has good comedic timing but knows when to use it just right? I feel like that seems more like Michael
0: J. White to me. Okay. I hope it's not Jay and I've been saying it wrong. This I think whole it's Jai. I think okay. you're right. What um what has he done recently, Michael J. White? Good question. Because if he hasn't, I mean, because he's he been in things. Because he was in Arrow. He's Ben Turner or Bronze Tiger in Arrow. I don't watch Arrow. I did. And I don't know who that is. He was in several episodes. Yeah, I mean, he's a recurring character. He's in eight episodes. I have no idea who Ben Turner slash Bronze Tiger is.
1: Yeah, I don't know. So you're saying it's not memorable.
0: Uh, and then he's like Black Dynamite, which is a lot more recent than I thought it was. Oh, well,
1: that's the TV series, the animated uh-huh. series they did. It...
0: And then he's Batman, Brave and the Bold as Tattooed Man.
1: I mean, he works pretty constantly. Yeah,
0: he A is. lot of voice work. Which I Which think great. would be fitting for someone like Ben Grimm. Ooh, look at you. I always like going with someone who isn't necessarily like the big brand name, and that's why I like uh, Bashir Salhudin because I think he's someone on his way up, and I think it's a cool opportunity for someone. That said, you'd be completely covering his face, so no one would remember that it's him. That's true. Um, okay, let's come back to Ben Grimm. Okay. Because for Reed Richards, it's Bill Hader or... Krasinski. Krasinski. I'm willing to go with Krasinski.
1: Yeah, I feel, I feel pretty strongly that Bill Hader's not... I think there is, a, there is a version of Fantastic Four that's a good movie that has Bill Hader in the lead, but I don't think it's this movie.
0: That's fine. I got nothing against John Krasinski, and I think he's a good choice. Mm-hmm. And I think he's a good choice for all the same reasons that I thought Bill Hader was a good choice. Yeah. So I'm comfortable with that. Cool. That said, when we get to Sue Storm, I would still choose Kerry Russell over Constance Wu. How old is Kerry Russell? 42.
1: Okay. That's, I mean, that's just as close as... That might be a little closer than Constance Wu and Krasinski.
0: Yeah, she's 42. Okay, cool. Krasinski's 39, so... I'm perfectly comfortable with Sue Storm being three years older. than. So <laughs> yeah, no I'm, fantastic. no, I'm saying
1: that's good. That was closer than I thought. Yeah, I'm fine to, to go Kerry Russell. Cool. I think it's a big mistake, but I'm fine with it. <laughs> no, it's it's good. She's great. Yeah.
0: Her. With that in mind, Kerry Russell, John Krasinski, Aquafina. Uh-huh.
1: Little mm-hmm. sister. Maybe. So I'm fine with Michael Jai White. I think that's a really good choice. I don't disagree, but maybe there's
0: someone that neither of us are thinking of. We can come back to it. While we're talking, I am going to tell you who I had for Victor Von Doom, even though Doom is not in this movie. Sure. Christoph Waltz. Oh. Older, not a... Old, I like him at, at the idea as being kind of the older established person who gets supplanted by Reed Richards, mm. and is kind of always trying to kind of claw his way back in. I see that. And if, then also, because he's from uh, Latvia, Eastern European. Yeah,
1: he can talk over he wants.
0: Yeah. Um... Do you have a Mole Man on there? No. I, How would you feel I about have...
1: sliding Christoph Waltz over to Mole Man position? Because I think <laughs> it'd be kind of fun. All right, I'll do it. I know it's a smaller part than he would usually do. No, it's but it lets like him be more
0: feeling. ridiculous. And I want to see Christoph Waltz be ridiculous. Yeah. I you mean... You feel like you haven't seen that? <laughs> I feel like he's... Did you see Green Hornet? I did. Who was he in Green Hornet? He was the main villain in Green Hornet, wasn't I he? Remember. He may have been. It's been so long. Yeah, it's not. and it's not too memorable. But No. He gets to ham it up. I just remember them driving around in the front of a car. It's not okay. a good movie. Yeah. But he, he, he hams it up in uh, Django. He hams it up in Inglorious Bastards. He hams it up. But does he ham it up to the expectation of someone named Mole Man would no. hang it up? No.
1: he doesn't. I understand what Ham you're
0: it saying. up. And so I think it. that's fun. That's cool. Um, I didn't really cast Galactus or Silver Surfer either because I wasn't sure specifically sure. how we were going to go. I literally just had a list of other villains. Diablo, Wizard, Mole Man, Namor, Annihilus... For Namor, I specifically wrote no. I've never been crazy about Namor.
1: Yeah, I think he can have an interesting storyline. I think the best storyline you can do with Namor is one that ends up putting Sue in the same position she's been in too many movies.
0: That's the problem. Where she's
1: like a, a tug-of-war object or has doubts about the team or well, falls in love with the prince. Like, all
0: that, that stuff's boring. That's, yeah. The, the more interesting storyline is that We've been doing these movies for a while, and all of a sudden, Sue Storm gets the seven-year itch. Yeah. And all of a sudden, here's this younger, attractive guy.
1: We can we can think on... But either
0: way, Namor, as this crazy dude who lives uh, by himself and is just obsessed with this one woman, not okay. Don't want that in the movie. Yeah, that's not great.
1: I mean, he's a villain, so
0: it's uh-huh. okay to have something you're uncomfortable with about him.
1: But nah. he, he's a deposed king. He can command an army of ocean people... Aqu- Aquaman's going to do it better, so we don't need to worry about it. Is it?
0: Is Aquaman going to be good?
1: Aquaman looks actually kind of good. Is it? Yeah.
0: All right, cool. That's all I needed. And then...
1: <laughs> Just, Aquaman
0: actually looks kind of good. Yeah, yeah well, we'll see. I have my $15. Uh, well, I might go to a screening of it. So. Oh, okay. And the other... other... Oh, uh, Alicia Masters. I did not cast for Alicia. I did. Who are you, who are you thinking? Uh, Judy Reyes. Who? She's Carla in Scrubs. As long as I'm on a Scrubs oh, kick, oh, I like Carla in Scrubs. Yeah, Judy Reyes has also had a fairly awesome career. Let me call
1: mistresses or something. What does she do?
0: She was in that movie The Slap. Which, when I saw the posters, I was convinced it was a comedy, and everyone was like, "No," and I was like, "But why though?" It's a movie called The Slap. <laughs> Better be funny. Devious Maids. She was in The Circle. Uh, she's in Claws, Succession, One Day at a Time, Search Party. She's in Jane of the Virgin. Well, yes, yeah. devious maids, you're right.
1: I said mistresses and I was wrong because I was thinking I was thinking of Devious Maids, though.
0: Yeah. Cool. Okay, cool. I have no objection. I think she's great. Cool. I do have some ideas for Surfer and Galactus. Yes, talk to me about that. Because specifically for Galactus, Yeah. I'm even comfortable if Galactus never talks.
1: I like the I Okay. I don't know. It'll it'll be hard to make Galactus not silly. So I was thinking of someone. I, I have a, a pretty strong feeling for who I think should be Galactus speaking or not I was for both Silver Surfer and Galactus thinking of someone that feels alien okay feels not of this earth or or at least can pull that off Benedict Cumberbatch's face would be great I was thinking Robin Wright okay I think she has an intimidating quality when Mm -hmm. she turns it on a a kind of foreign inhuman quality when she turns it on I think she would be perfect for Galactus
0: I agree and I disagree. I think as soon as you make it an, a person that we recognize, and at this, po- and I've used Robin Wright a bunch of times mm-hmm. um, for the show. I love Robin Wright.
1: Sam hates Robin Wright.
0: Uh, established here, episode whatever. I think as soon as it's someone that we recognize, and as soon as we kind of get impressions, I don't want. I legitimately want Galactus to be something that we cannot comprehend. Mm. The problem, the problem with the smoke monster is that it's it's silly, right. But I like the concept of it being something otherworldly, like even the Silver Surfer. It's the Silver Surfer's humanoid.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm on board the Silver Surfer train because it's someone who can be convinced because they are like us. Yeah, Galactus. I'm okay with them being human shaped, but at the end of the day, they are not like us. I don't want to hear the. I don't want to hear Galactus speak. I don't want to any words that come out of Galactus' mouth diminish Galactus. Mm. And I think that. As like, if there is any communication, it is communication where Silver Surfer understands what is said, and he is the herald of Galactus, and speaks for Galactus. Interesting. And I I, and I was one hundred percent serious when we don't see Galactus's face. Yeah. I don't want it to be a white guy. I don't want it to be a black guy. I don't want it to be a lady. I don't want it to be a dude. I want it to be a god.
1: Interesting. I'll admit I don't have the visuals of the movie Galactus worked out.
0: I I, lo- I like the giant armor, just like yeah. this giant figure. Just empty, but it's like empty space.
1: No, I feel like it. It can be harder to connect with that. You know, they did we that. We not need to connect with that. We connected that. With the Silver Surfer. Think of uh, Green Lantern um, when they did Parallax. Like that was another example. Parallax is another smoke monster. In the in the movie. In the movie. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Parallax is another featureless godlike thing that doesn't leave enough of an impression like if it's i understand that we want it to be a godlike unstoppable right but i think a godlike unstoppable force is scarier if we can see ourselves in it a little bit not much because it's outside of us but like any villain is better when you can empathize the fraction with them okay that's been First few generations of Marvel movies besides Loki, you couldn't really connect with any of the characters or what they wanted, so they weren't good villains. They figured it out, and Hella, you understand what she wants in Thor Ragnarok, mm-hmm. and so she's better villain. Killmonger, you understand what he wants in Black Panther, so he's a good villain.
0: Michael Keaton is an amazing villain in Spider-Man. Right, you get it,
1: right? So I think it's much easier to get a villain's intentions and feel for them a little bit uh-huh. if they have a face. Okay. One person I think that pulls off the look really well, who is a white man, is uh, but also is unknown enough that he wouldn't be like, "Oh, it's Claire Underwood." Sure. Is uh, John Carroll Lynch? Remind me, John Carroll Lynch. Did you ever see Zodiac? I don't know. Would I I ever see? But it's a drama. John Carroll Lynch was well. Every the other thing I know. The other things he's known for are also scary things, so you may, you may not know him. But if you look up his... If you look at the lower third of John Carroll Lynch's face, and you look at Galactus's face, it is the same frowny, godlike face. And in all the, if you look at what he does, he tends to play characters that are intimidating in a way you can't put your finger on. That they when just he plays don't Twisty
0: see. the Clown?
1: I haven't seen... Uh was it American Horror Story did yeah. that or, or
0: American uh, Horror Story. Yeah.
1: And then he did the the sci fi creepypasta show. Creepy um, pasta show? Yeah, channel zero.
0: Creepypasta?
1: Do you know what creepypasta is? No. This is we're so far from fantastic four. Creepypasta. Um literally
0: pasta, like spaghetti. No.
1: Um not literally. It's
0: But that's the word you're saying. Yes. Okay.
1: Like online Urban Legends. Okay. Um and I think it... it picked up the name creepypasta on 4chan or reddit or something that was copying and pasting uh, creepy stories okay. and so uh channel zero by all accounts wonderful i haven't watched it yet each season is a different adaptation of a creepypasta in any case this is a guy who's intense and intimidating and looks like galactus isn't too known so that it wouldn't he wouldn't be too familiar i mean the other option is
0: if you want something that's a little less human did, I still want the giant armor. We, I still want the ridiculous helmet. I still want all of that. Yeah. The only thing I want to lose is like the face. So maybe
1: maybe get uh an actor who is really good at facial performance work, like mocap work, even with,
0: get Andy with Serkis? someone like
1: Andy Circus or mm-hmm. Doug Jones, who was Silver Surfer. Right. And Make it a more alien, inhuman, godlike, barely featured face. And so you're casting more for the talent of what they can do than what they can look
0: like. That, I would find that more interesting. I know Doug Jones was in the movie that I just watched, but I would think Doug Jones would be more interesting because you can make him something else. Yeah. Doug Jones is super
1: talented. I'm happy with Doug Jones as Galactus.
0: Okay. Let's go with uh, Doug Jones as Galactus. I'm glad we're still friends. <laughs> I didn't say that. We were still friends. <laughs> but you're assuming... I'm, I'm glad I'm still... I'm glad you're still my friend. Yay. Uh, okay. So I didn't have someone for Silver Surfer, so talk to me about who you had in mind for Silver Surfer. Keith Stanfield. Okay. Which episodes of my podcast were you listening to where he got used? Seven my, of them? Oh, is he used a lot? Oh, yeah. Keith Stanfield's great. But I also think he has that kind
1: of otherworldly quality to him. Yeah. I think he can bring the pain out that Silver Surfer deals with. Are you going to make him shave? Does he always have a beard? He often has
0: a beard. He doesn't always. Like there's an image of him right here without a beard. Yeah. I think
1: if the paycheck's good enough, he'll shave. <laughs> um, <laughs> and a superhero movie you think would do it? If he wants to do it. Yeah.
0: Lakeith Stanfield really? I think so. I think he's I think he's a I'm still weird of... I agree. distant strange actor. I do I agree with you. the reason why I'm gonna talk myself into this is this. I'm still thinking of Silver Surfer as kind of like the blank Doug Jones face. Mm-hmm that he was in Rise of the Silver Surfer, and I think that's wrong. Yeah. Because that's super boring. Right. And I don't necessarily want someone who has an LCD TV on his belly. That's such a weird move.
1: It's when so sh- weird. And he just, like, shows his planet
0: yeah. for some reason. he's a Teletubby. Yeah.
1: And, uh, yeah, well, that's not necessary, but also I understand. And I think there's also something lost, and this is a little, like, behind the scenes of it, where his, um... My understanding is Doug Jones was originally going to be doing the motion capture, he was going to be doing the performance, as well as the voice performance. They didn't like what Doug Jones did, and they brought in Morpheus. What was it? Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne. And Lawrence Fishburne's delivery was pretty boring. I mean, beautiful voice, but yeah. not emotionally connected to the performance. So I think someone like Lakeith Stanfield can do a really good job of having an emotionally connected performance. I don't know. I think it's more interesting. I have backups if you rejected it. No, no, I, I, I think that's good.
0: I mean, tell me who your backups were, but I like Keith Stanfield. John Cho was my first backup. Nah, um, no, I like Lakey Stanfield more. High five! I like John Cho, but I think he's a good leading man. I don't think he's a very interesting. Yeah, like I don't. I don't think he can do the weird that Silver Surfer should be. Mm-hmm. The slightly off.
2: Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll good. go good with
0: that. I think that that means we need to go back to Ben Grimm. I mean, we can go with name. Michael Jai White. Thank you. Michael Jai White. I just don't think that's quite right. Yeah. Like, we need a big guy who hasn't been in a superhero movie yet. He needs to be someone who is grumpy, but a heart of gold. Mm-hmm. We need... I mean, grumpy, but a heart of
1: gold. You jokingly mentioned John Hamm. But John Hamm doesn't always work for me. Sometimes he's yeah, perfect, sometimes I... he's off.
0: And he's not right for
1: that. All right. Edit out the next five minutes of silence. Yeah. Well, we think of... As I walk over to my DVD cabinet. Yeah. Heart of gold. Ability to play gruff. Still lovingly. Not an idiot, but still has some physical stature to him.
0: Uh-huh.
1: A Jason Momoa type. That's how you say his
2: name, right? Yeah. Jason, uh-huh. A
0: Jason Momoa type. I You could even say a Vin Diesel type.
2: Mm-hmm. mm
0: Because Vin Diesel is that sort of person who, like, he plays the grumpy guy, but has a heart of gold and does comedy and likes comic books and weird things all the time. Yeah. You want the person who wants to play the thing. Mm-hmm. Well, Vin Diesel is kind of a geeky guy, right? Yeah. I mean, he's Groot. That's true. That's the problem. Yeah. Like, you want someone like Vin Diesel. So something like that. hmm So something... So much of what I watch is
1: Marvel-based content.
0: That's the problem. Me that too. I, I keep trying to not do MCU And, like, people. I'm... I mean, the person... The person that I have in mind is... All right, let me pull this guy up. He's literally an actor on Legends of Tomorrow, but he is who we want. The actor we want is a dude named Dominic Purcell.
1: That sounds familiar.
0: He was in, whatchamacallit, the one where they break out of jail? Prison break. Thank you. And he is Pyro or something in uh, Legends of Tomorrow. I love Legends of Tomorrow. People who listen to this podcast know I love Legends of Tomorrow. And this is a big guy. He's kind of older now. Heart of gold. But he basically is just an asshole. Hmm. But he takes care of the people around him. He has he has a look I like. If, uh-huh. if he's a good actor and can pull those off, I'm good to go with Dominic Purcell. He's amazing. I love Dominic yeah. Purcell. Like every, I love every scene he's in. In uh, and they they keep like having him do little silly bits here, little silly bits there. But he's great. Like mm. he started off as a villain on The Flash. I think I remember him on The Flash because he was paired with Captain Cold. Mm. He has the fire gun. Captain Cold has the as the Captain Cold has the ice gun. He yeah, and Dominic yeah, Purcell has the fire yeah, gun. Yeah. And all know, right. He's just great. Apparently he's also in Blade or Blade Trinity. Uh he's Heat Wave in uh Later Tomorrow. But, but like, it's a theme. Yeah, he's he's good. I like him. Let's okay. go with Dominic for some. Cool. I'm good with that. So that brings us to writer and director. Now, did you have a writer and a director, or did you have a writer director?
1: I had a writer I had to write a writer director.
0: Okay. So the person that we can't go with is Brad Bird.
1: I was not planning to do Brad Bird. Okay. Tomorrow just making I'm sure. disappointed.
0: Yeah, but I like Brad Bird because he did the Incredibles. And the Incredibles, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Okay, so in that case, let me talk to you about my writers, and then let me talk to you about my director, yeah. and then we can kind of jump back and forth. Sure. So I had a writing team. The writing team is Olivia Mitch and Gary Ross. Okay. They wrote Ocean's Eight. Okay. Which is kind of which is a heist movie, but it's but I specifically picked it because it is a heist movie where it's a bunch of people in a room. And the, the story engine isn't, hey, let's watch these people fight with each other. Mm. There might be bickering, but they're not fighting with each other. Yeah. And that's, I think, important for a Fantastic Four movie. The first 45 minutes to an hour of Rise of the Silver Surfer is, let's watch these people fight with each other. I hated it. Yeah. But I love Ocean's 8 because it's, okay, we get that we're working together. Let's be confident. Let's be friends.
1: You loved Ocean's
0: 8? You I didn't just like Ocean's 8? I loved Ocean's 8. I liked Ocean's okay. 8 a lot. Okay. I didn't realize I was going to be referencing it as much as I did this episode, and yet here we are. <laughs> but, I mean, they've written other things. Let me pull up their uh, IMDb page. Okay, Let cool. me start with Olivia Milch. So I guess she hasn't done that much. The Ocean's 8, and then she wrote the screenplay for something called Barbie and something called Queen and Country. A doll living in Barbie land, expelled for not being perfect enough. 2020. 2020. That's upcoming. Yeah, ah, she's busy. And also, that sounds like a fun concept. I would watch that. And then something called Queen and Country, which is also upcoming, directed by Ridley Scott. So that's pretty good. Yeah. And then Gary Ross. And have they have this has this team written together before? It might be an, a paper team, or it may have like one. Someone did the first draft, someone did the second draft. Because Gary Ross wrote Pleasantville. Oh, okay. Which makes sense for a uh, sixties era. Yeah. yeah. He also wrote Big. He wrote Seabiscuit. Biscuit but he also wrote the hunger games mm. or uh, was a producer on the hunger. Yeah. Yeah. He wrote the screenplay for the first hunger games. And so that sort of thing. So I picked them because it's a man and a woman, but he has kind of like the action, like I like oceans eight and I like the dynamic between the people. And I think that that's what uh, Olivia Milch brought to it. It's like the interpersonal dynamic and then his background with Pleasantville and, and, action, and Hunger Games, I think it's the sort of thing that kind of is a mix of both. Here's,
1: okay. I feel like this is a circumstance where like the resume matches. But for me... You want someone who's a fan of the material. No, it's not even that. Um, for me, it's that I, I don't love any of those movies. Those, those movies, like Hunger, the first Hunger Games is fine. Yeah. Ocean's 8, to me personally, is pretty good. I mean, you haven't seen I, it. I, I rented Ocean's Eight for five dollars. I didn't regret my five dollars.
0: But I thought you said you hadn't seen Ocean's Eight. I thought you said you watched it over Sam's shoulder on the plane.
1: No, that was um, the Spy Who Loved Me. When you were talking oh, about got one, it, the yes, got it. All right, Ocean's Fair Eight enough. is is fine, but to me,
0: it's not as funny as I want it. It's not as action packed as I want it. Okay. But what is? I want to hear about your director <laughs> choice. My director is Jonathan Goldstein. He wrote Spider-Man: Homecoming. He directed Game Night, and he wrote Cloudy with a Chance of, and he wrote the second Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs.
1: I love Game Night.
0: Yeah. One of my I favorite I just movies. saw Game Night for the first time within the past couple of weeks. Yeah. It's great. At and one point directed.
1: on my list of bands, I know we already moved past it, but I did have Jesse Plemons on that list at one point, who I, is a fucking great actor.
0: Yeah, he's great.
1: Comedy, drama, self-hate. Anyway, sorry. Anyway,
0: but Jonathan Goldstein I picked because he kind of has the blend of everything we want. He If he wrote Spider-Man Homecoming, that's yeah. amazing. He directed Game Night, that's amazing. And he wrote Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs too. that's fun.
2: Yeah.
0: Th- the first Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs.
1: Tell me everything you think about it.
0: The first Cloudy with a Chance yeah, of Meatballs? Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I, I'm desperate it's, to know. I'm going to let you borrow this movie. I have it on DVD like and I'm going lot. to hand it to you. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. I'm convinced it's, all, it's a near-perfect movie. I just have to write a note now. It's the two guys. It's... Oh man, it, that, that's your team. Oh, is it
1: Phil Lord and Chris Miller? Is it? Yeah. That's funny because I was thinking <laughs> maybe Phil Lord and Chris Miller who really can nail big set pieces and comedy and action uh-huh. would be a good writer-director team for this movie we're talking about now. Weird, that's crazy. Format. You know what's funny? I have their name written down on this sheet of paper, coincidentally. Huh. So, what, what, so
0: what's this note that you just wrote down for yourself?
1: Well, I had described... The, some of the movies they were in uh-huh. or that they, they worked on yeah. that make them good candidates for this movie, I, talked, I wrote about 21 and 22 Jump Street, sure. which managed to balance their comedy and action in really wonderful ways. Absolutely. I talked about how the Lego movie was big stakes and funny. And often when you look at a comedy action director, they either do one or the other at the at, in in the moment, uh-huh. it's either like a funny movie. Then we're doing an action scene, and the funny movie action scene. Not the case with Lego Movie. No, I think it's funny throughout, and the stakes are real. Agreed. Even though it's a lunatic world. Absolutely. And what I wrote down was "Cloudy with Chance," because they directed "Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs." Uh-huh. As you may know, um, I do know that. And I think you know. I've heard from a dear friend of mine that it's a near perfect movie. <laughs> And while I haven't seen it myself, he's plans to loan it to me. And I could <laughs>
0: confirm that. I think they Do you be... have a DVD player for this friend to lend you a I do I do not. No. None of your laptops have a DVD player? Uh no. Huh. Well, it's a good idea. You've used my argument against me, and now I have to go with your idea. <laughs> Thank
1: you very much. I think it's the right thing to do for the movie, not for me.
0: <laughs> well, the important thing is, is that we maintained our friendship. Okay. <laughs>
1: Good to hear
0: hear you say it. Ugh, fine. Alright, so I think that's all of the things. Yeah. So let me run down our list. Alright, the Fantastic Four movie starring Wizard. Incorrect. (laughs) Fantastic Four. Uh, Sue Storm will be played by Kerry Russell. Reed Richards will be played by John Krasinski. Ben Grimm by Dominic Purcell. Johnny Storm will be Aquafina. Mole Man will be Christoph Waltz. The Silver Surfer will be Lakeith Stanfield, with Galactus being played by Doug Jones. Alicia Masters will be Judy Reyes. Oh, we didn't talk about this. I have a random government representative number 32. Kyle Chandler. Who? What? Sorry. Who's Kyle Chandler? Kyle Chandler from Front of Lights. i had lean away. I don't know who this is. Uh, just uh, the guy that um, Captain Captain Holt from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. He's it. He's the he's the army oh, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. It's weird. Um, so I just have like a random person who kind of gets in their way. Okay. Um, yeah. Lena Waithe is fine. Okay. Government representative number thirty-two, Lena Waithe, and then other villains for future movies, whatever. And then it will be directed and written by Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Great. You bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I'd see it. Uh, yeah, I would watch this movie. I'm excited about it and I'm excited for uh, the Fantastic Four inclusion into the MCU. I think it's the only way to do it. I agree. I think th- I, I and I agree that they kind of need to be their own world, and it gets pulled in. Mm-hmm. It's very comic booky. It totally works, and it's something that comic books have been doing for years. Well, we bought out a company; their universe is now inside our universe. Right. I mean, that's how uh, the like now Shazam, Captain Marvel got pulled in. Like it was their own universe; it was their own thing. Yeah, like
1: like MCU in general is really good with continuity. And so I don't want to do something where the Fantastic 4 have existed have for a while. have been there this time, whole time. But I also don't want to waste time on an origin story because their origin story is not great. Haven't a very they referenced
0: Latveria that. like it's happened in this country, this country in Latveria? What about Latveria, I'm sorry? They've used the word Latveria and they've used like Victor Von Doom's company at some point. I think oh. Victor Von Doom already exists in the MCU. Huh. which is good because the Fantastic 4 don't. Right. Got it. So Harry yeah. First of all, thank you very much for being a guest on this episode. Oh, happy to be here. What would you like to promote? First of all, talk about. Do you have a Twitter and Instagram or anything that you would like people to follow you on? On Twitter and Instagram,
1: my handle is Harry Valentine, like H A I R Y Valentine. I'm not promoting anything.
0: Not at your the moment. Not
1: your improv.
0: We're, your shows.
1: We're. Um, I'm. I'm in a couple improv teams around town. There's Carousel, who we play with. Another one, Melodramatic play with occasionally. We are an indie team, so we don't have a home base, but you can find us. And we're finishing a movie right now. Uh, there's not Which much is to very exciting. Yeah, we made a Mystery Weekend Package, a comedy with Paul Lair and Andrew Duvall. And that's exciting, but there's
0: no announcement to be made there because we're going to be submitting it to festivals. No, but uh, this episode will come out on the 10th, and so it's going to be having its premiere it's going to be having a friends and family because it's not a premiere because a premiere happens at a festival that's right. correct it's going to be having a test screening for friends and family that's right but that's exciting because you're done with the movie we're done well we're we're you're well you're ha- gonna will you'll have final we'll, notes we'll after the finish, after the yeah. yeah it's gonna be good it's good we i'm excited about shot it shot
1: it two years ago so as someone who
0: funded it, it on kickstarter i could not be more excited yeah you,
1: you're, you're gonna get your reward is that all do you know what you donated or what you get
0: i'm gonna get a dvd
1: you might not I don't know if we did DVDs. We might have done digital downloads. Uh uh-uh. uh. I, I always pay for DVDs. Shit. <laughs> I'll send you a DVD.
0: Yes. Digital do- I hate digital downloads. Because a DVD I can put on a shelf and be proud that I own it. Yeah. Don't when, you want me to be proud that I own it?
1: When we did Zombie Cops, we spent so much money burning or like
0: printing uh-huh. and mailing DVDs. Well, I should have fixed that on the Kickstarter. I didn't fund Zombie Cops, okay. I don't think. I don't know. Maybe I did. Who can say? I don't remember. Uh, we determined that you did not. Because I think I didn't know you yet.
1: Right. You got your special thanks for letting us film in the Yes,
0: uh, I filmed in, your gr- in, uh, in my garage. Yeah. Anyway, these are the special facts about the Harry and Sam relationship that you're now privy to. And I definitely cut them all out yeah. of the episode. Edit that out. Yeah. And uh, I hope everyone
1: loves Fantastic Four as much as I do now. Yes. I'm sure. I that think was they announced. do. This
0: was super fun. Um, if you're interested in finding out more about me, I'm at Sam Gash, S-A-M-G-A-S-C-H on Twitter. And if you like the podcast, please follow us on Twitter at Ideal Remake, or on Instagram at Ideal Remake, or join us on Facebook at Ideal Remake. Oh, you got them all. It turns out, I did. We Well, on Facebook <laughs> we're Ideal Remake, which is the show, and then we're Ideal Remake Podcast, which is the fan page. Oh, okay. You're supposed to have both because of I don't know Podcast off We're done Cause it's not podcast on It's
1: podcast off God damn it. And that whole We talked for two hours And I didn't come up With anything
2: better <laughs> Than it's podcasting time
0: Yes